This week, Pet Cemetery continues to perform well at the box office. The Invisible Man is weaving a handsmaid's tale. Halloween Horror Nights has begun teasing its events and tons more. We briefly share the now slang, and then we jump into another comparison episode. This time, it's a battle of misspelled cemeteries. Which one will come out on top? We got a hissin' and howlin' look at both Pet Cemetery films. Sometimes the original's mediocre. Sometimes the remake is gooder. And more times, the book is better. Listen to them. Children of the night. What music they make. <laughs> Hey everybody, how are we doing this week? Good, good, I survived. Yeah? I've, so far, there's one more day. There's a, there is one more day to this week. It is oh, only Thursday as we record. <laughs> but the, we release on Friday, so we're going to pretend that it's Friday. It's Friday, <laughs> TGIF, hooray! Oh my god! Hooray! Uh, I'm kicking off the cheap wines thing yeah. this week. I, uh, you got a good one to start this week. I do. Well, all these suggestions were were, were pretty good, apparently. So uh, I'm starting off with one that comes from Dan, a regular listener and somebody who writes in all the time. Uh, it's called Apothic Red. Yeah, that's a Have good one. Have you never heard of this wine before? I'm I've, seen, not a I mean, wine I've seen it around, but I'm really not a wine person. Mm. Mm. I know you've had You're it. fucking over here judging me with your eyes. <laughs> no, I don't, it's, I don't it's care. a great wine. No, I'm not judging you for what you're drinking. Dan gave you a great, so, a, a so great suggestion. Dan has yet to lead me astray. But so, I'm just surprised you haven't tried that before. You're, I really don't drink a whole lot of wine. I've seen you drink wine. Yeah, but... <laughs> From it, the bottle. <laughs> it was Rex Goliath. <laughs> He's moving on up in the world. I guess. He's going from $4 bottles to $8 bottles. I tried El, El Bastardo okay. the other day. Yeah. That was okay. I haven't had that one. What kind of... What, what was it? It was a red blend. Oh, you like a blend. It was a blend. And then I also tried this other one that everybody in the wine store recommended that I thought was utter ass. So I will never listen to them for their recommendations what was that one again. Called? What was it called? I don't remember. That I've done huh? my best to block it from my brain. It's called utter ass. It was one of the <laughs> it was, was it one called of I know featured wines and I was just like, I want nothing to do with anything that mm-hmm. you guys ever feature ever again. How do you feel about rosés? I haven't tried too many rosés. I... I'm easing into my basic white bitchness. I feel like. Are you uh, sure you're easing? I'm in? easing in. I feel like a Merlot is a little more less white bitch than. That's true. Than a rose. You rose-y. can't just say white bitch. You have to say cl- basic, basic white bitch. Otherwise, you just sound like. I don't a know. Dick. I'm pretty sure just like white <laughs> white bitches everywhere just drink rose. <laughs> so I don't think it's a basic. I think it's transcended basicness. Like. Mm. I feel like I feel like we're in spring, dude. Persona. Like even ciders are starting to do rosés. Yeah, I think it's I think it's beyond being basic at this point. I'll still consider a Pinot Gris basic. When I drink one of those, I will wholeheartedly embrace the basic. But, well, uh, so you're still at the top of this bottle. Yes, so I am. What What are your initial impressions? My initial impressions are that it's it starts off really dry. It comes in with some fruity notes of what I'm not sure yet. I feel I feel like there's like berries on top of this. You're just like just shaking your head in so much judgment right now. And that's okay, Alex. That's okay. I'm doing this despite you. <laughs> <laughs> and next week I will be joining you in this endeavor. 
Yeah, you will be joining me next week. That'll be fun. We'll share. We'll share it together. It'll just be two of us. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two (laughs) of us. That's two songs in the intro here. I like it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's good. I'm actually really enjoying this one. It's had some time to to aerate. I popped the cork like probably a half hour ago, and I've noticed that I actually enjoy the first sip a lot more if I give it time to sit mm. after mm-hmm. popping it. So I've been taking taking that hot habit, just popping it and leaving you it there. You should pour it into a decanter and just start drinking it out of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you're really classy. <laughs> Get yourself like a $300 crystal decanter and just drink your wines from that. Just straight from the decanter. Yeah. <laughs> or or you just double down and you pour it in the decanter and then, and then pour, pour it back, back into the bottle. That's classy. I like that idea, actually. I might, I might start doing that. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's pretty good. I, uh, I, f- I have definitely seen this wine around plenty of times. Yeah, I'm actually pretty sure I've seen it at plenty of parties that you've had, Alex. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, I feel like it's a it's a staple, but this is the first time that it's touched my lips, at least to my knowledge. Mm. Fair enough. At least to my knowledge, it might not be true, but, but as it, far as I'm aware, I am telling the truth on this. Right, right, right. <laughs> All right, but yeah. Do you want me to read the uh, the description for this wine? Yes. Yeah, hold on, hold on. The people gonna, need to we're know. Gonna, we're gonna see if I can I can detect any of the notes here first. Okay. One. Hold on. Is that what you mean by the description? Not like what's on the back label. Oh no, like, sorry, I, I looked it up on the of on, like the, on the, the, the flavors. Yes. Does does it taste like fruits? Tastes like grapes. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a woody taste to it. What I'm not sure. Maybe oak. This <laughs> <laughs> is just your general your general go to. It's probably got, an it's oak got a barrel. Hint, a hint of smoke. Uh. Has he said anything in the description yet? <laughs> nope. <laughs> keep. I don't know. What am keep I tasting? Okay. Your gun. Right, what am so, I tasting? Just raspberry. Okay, so a pop. Oh! Well, I, no, it's not oh, raspberry, God but you're getting it. closer. It's closer than oak. Oh. So, uh, apothic red is from California. Yes. Intense fruit aromas and flavors of rhubarb, rhubarb. and black cherry that are mm. uh, complemented by hints of mocha and vanilla. Mocha and vanilla. Yeah, the plush, velvety Maybe mouth. Maybe the mocha is what I'm mistaken feel. for smoke. And smooth blend round out this intriguing full-bodied red blend. Okay. All right. See, I'm learning. Do you learning. taste the vanilla now? Uh, you, hold on. Let yeah, me see if I can detect any of that now that you've read try it. The, how about the rhubarb? <laughs> now, I don't even know what rhubarb <laughs> tastes like. <laughs> How's the mouth I feel, feel like I taste the vanilla. Okay. But I can't really distinguish anything else that you've mentioned. I'm with Sam. I don't know that I've ever had just rhubarb. <laughs> like, so. I, I, like I know like rhubarb pie is a thing. I don't even I don't know, know what I've a rhubarb actually is. Oh, really? It's yeah. actually quite sour. Yeah, it's is like it? a very tart mm-hmm. berry, right? Well, it's a long stick. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. okay. Huh. It's it's shaped like a a large red celery. Oh, okay. But it's very tart. I definitely get the vanilla. Okay, all right. That's about all I get. Tell us a little bit about the mouthfeel. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> to be sure, I uh, to this day, I don't really know what mouthfeel is. It just, does it I feel, just feel does, things in my mouth. I have that's nerve what endings in my mouth. Like, so this one describes it as velvety. Velvety. Should I put velvet in my mouth and compare? <laughs> I, mean, I think we've got some velvet in the house. <laughs> no, because I've, I've definitely had some wines that feel kind of Bring gritty. the velvet. Does it mean that it like clings? Yeah. 
Okay, yeah, I definitely like it. It definitely lingers if that's what it's supposed to mean. Okay. It lingers upon the tongue. It stays on the palate. Okay, you know, okay. it's like a, a, a what do you call that stuff? The sticky tape for flies. I feel like I'm just Fly stuck paper. there. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Fly paper. It's a- <laughs> what did you so want that's, to go, duct that's tape? the mouth that's the mouth feel of apothic red is fly you, take, you, ta- you take a sip of it and it's just uh it's there it stays there for a while mainly like i said the vanilla the vanilla is about the only thing i think i can actually say i can detect okay the rest is still kind of up in the air for me all right i think well, i get some of the cherry black cherry i think i might be making that up though i'm not 100 okay. sure maybe by the time you finish the bottle you'll taste the root yeah so we've got we've got your initial impressions and yeah. by the end of the cast we'll have your final thoughts yes as i'm swirling around the the bottom of my glass i will <laughs> interrupt the podcast with my final thoughts <laughs> <laughs> i'm so glad we're doing this <laughs> uh i didn't make any introductions though i'm palmer as always i'm joined by sam and alex what's up Yo, That's, yo, <laughs> yo, what's up? <laughs> uh, so aside from the fact that we're all glad that the week's almost over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, yep. uh, we got any weekend plans? I know you have a sinkhole from what I hear. Uh, I've got a series of sinkholes, actually. Oh, so, uh, there's like 13 of them. Is it uh, Graboids, dude? Yeah. No, they're too small. No, like little tiny ones? Maybe oh, baby, baby Graboids. graboids. Cute. You're her dad. Grab baby oil. <laughs> You're her daddy. Uh, well, that sucks. Yeah, yeah. The the perils of home ownership that no one ever fucking told me about. Yeah, to be fair, I, that's the one thing that I haven't run into yet is a sinkhole. <laughs> well, you got some weird shit growing up in your yard that I don't even know what it is. You got like a bald patch in your yard with three fucking sticks jutting out of it. Oh, that's a tree I planted. That's his tree. Oh, right. It's a fig tree, bro. <laughs> well, it's new. It wasn't there last week. Yeah, it, yeah, it was. was. It's been there well, for I planted minute. it at like the beginning of the fall. Really? Yeah. Well, Clearly, you don't I'm... pay enough attention to <laughs> I guess your friend's I, foliage. I don't. I don't go that far into your yard. Mm-hmm. I guess. Hmm. Yep. Still just vanilla. Just... <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I think I got the cherry there. Oh. Oh. We just lost a dozen listeners. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I know that's obnoxious. Um, that's cool. That's well, yeah. Cool. Cool. Hopefully, hopefully, as this wine thing progresses, I'll get better at it. Mm. We'll see. Fingers crossed. That Maybe. is the ultimate goal. You'll yeah. either get better or you'll just get drunker. Uh, yeah. Why not both? <laughs> it could be both. It could be both. That's true. How come not both? <laughs> it could it could very easily be both. It probably will very easily, easily be both. Easily be both. <laughs> Seems I'm like going to Ikea this working. weekend. You what? I'm going to Ikea this weekend. That's what I'm doing. Have, have fun with so, those six hours in that maze. That's a 45-minute hike. Yep. That's an all-day affair right there. Yep. What you doing over in the so in the more than 45 Swedish. minutes to get through Ikea? No, I said hike to get there. It's 45, 45 minutes. 45 minutes up Nova. Is that only 45 minutes away? Yeah, like 40, if, if you no don't have any traffic. Uh, yeah, okay. Like 45 minutes. An hour usually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting a dresser. Ooh, one of those fancy particle board IKEA dressers. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, yep. Is there any other kind that takes five hundred hours to put together? No, my husband puts them together so fast. No, oh, really? Uh huh. Well, no, he's an he's an engineer. I guess he's got to put <laughs> that degree to use somehow. <laughs> I know. Whenever like the big bookshelf that we have that's now in the bedroom, mm. that one that almost destroyed my relationship with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Putting that thing together, I. 
I have never been so mad at anything yeah. in my entire life, and I played Dota. <laughs> I used to try and help, and that would that made it worse. So now I just kind of, if he needs me to hold something up, then, just go over there and I'll, hold it. Yeah, but otherwise I don't help, and he just does it on his own. Yeah, I actually don't think I've put any furniture together with my wife mm. at any point in our relationship. My wife, my wife, my wife. She's she's done the same thing where like I'll ask her to just like come hold like yeah. the other end of something heavy uh-huh. while I while you screw, screw on the screw other it side in. yeah but, <laughs> screw it yeah mm. Mm. well okay you guys ready to move on to some horror headlines I think so I think people are done hearing about our wine and our personal lives probably maybe. maybe I don't know some people say this is the best part of the cast we so. can we'll sprinkle it in as we go we might have to pull the last podcast and split off and do like a Terror and Podnito side stories. Well, we already, side stories. We already have the, uh, the the. We can call it wine time. The interview series. That's true. But that's just that's really calmer. just me, like yeah. talking to people. But we yeah. should do wine time. I'm down for some wine time someday. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll throw those in sporadically here and there. Yeah, you guys have fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, time for some horror headlines. All right, what do we got here? First up, some box office reports. Uh, Shazam pretty much shits on everything, in case you guys didn't know, but in terms of horror movie stuff. What's the one about which Shazam? Shazam's the the new DC horror, or oh, no, horror oh, film. Uh, superhero. Yeah, superhero okay. flick. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so for any of you guys that were hoping that the darker, grittier Hellboy reboot ah! <laughs> would make waves at the box office, keep praying because <laughs> Shazam continues to reign supreme in that regard. Uh, we don't usually talk about comic book movies, but since Neil Marshall was behind the reins of uh, the failing film, it seems fitting to talk about it at least a little bit, considering, you know, his laundry list of stuff just, that he's done. I don't know why anybody's surprised by this. Like, look at the history of that franchise. All it does is lose the money. First, the first two were pretty well received. They were well received, but they still lost money. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. But yeah. I think I think like people were willing to give this one a chance and then it just ended up being terrible. Like this one I think could have made some money. Yeah, it probably could before all the behind the scenes shit came out and everyone found out what a fucking mess this was. Yeah, yeah. Um, but considering the the film's modest 50, $50 million budget when compared to the other Hellboy predecessors, it's pretty apparent that Lionsgate thought it had an ace up its sleeve, but terrible CGI, a jumbled story, and using Neil Marshall as a poster child rather than offering him any real control seems to have kind of bit this project in the ass uh it opened at only 12 million in the states uh and it seems that the word of mouth has really gotten out about this one no one's buying into the fact that the studio is pushing the gore in the last trailer especially more than really anything else so um that being said pet cemetery sitting comfy at uh 60 or 76.8 million when you guys went was the theater busy or it was empty, and I thought I had the theater to myself up until five minutes beforehand, and then like six, seven people walked in. Oh, what time did you go? F- five o'clock. What? Like on a weekend? Or no. Weekday. weekday. Okay. When yeah. did you go? I went Monday at like 4.30. Okay. Uh, and same thing happened to me, where it was completely empty when I got there. Uh-huh. And a couple minutes before, like two or three people walked in, but they were sitting far enough back that I was just... I had my phone out taking notes on the movie the whole time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is now my new favorite to way to... Yeah, I went to West, West Tower. Tower. 
And it's not my new favorite way to watch movies. When there's only five people in West Tower, you basically have that theater yourself. Those it theaters are fucking massive. Theater, yeah. yeah, those theaters are massive. <laughs> Where'd you go see it? West Tower also? Short Pump. Short was Pump? It, was it busy there? I went on Saturday. So, yeah. yeah. So, yes. Okay. It was not as busy as I thought it was going to be. The, the theater wasn't completely packed, but it was... Well, it is, what, it's second... It was its second, second, second week, weekend. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So... I mean, it's, it's fallen off, but it's doing pretty well. I mean, they've definitely made more already. Yeah. And worldwide. they did a lot of advertising for it. Too. They did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like I said, it's dropped significantly since its opening week, but it's got, well, actually, it's more than on track to recoup its budget and then some. So hooray, more successful horror. Hooray. Yeah. Um, next up, Elizabeth Moss is joining uh, Lee Wanell's The Invisible Man. Uh, Wanell is on the verge of becoming a horror household name after his recent film Upgrade popped up in tons of year-end lists in 2018. People are hyped to see what he comes up with next, us included. Um, he announced a while back that he'll be writing and directing The Invisible Man for Blumhouse and Universal since Blumhouse has been handed the reins to Universal's, what, Dark Universe? Is that Are yeah. they still calling it that? Still nope. with, with Blumhouse? Not. Dark Universe is dead. Oh. Okay, so now it's just like Blumhouse taking over these films. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, but yeah, so we've gotten our first kind of tidbit on the casting details. Uh, the Handsmaid Tale star Elizabeth Moss is going to be joining the fray according to Deadline. Apparently she was in negotiations for quite some time, um, and it's been recently confirmed that she's now 100% on board. Johnny Depp had previously been mm. attached to the project before 1L took it over. Um when it was a part of Universal's Dark Universe, and I think if I remember correctly, the actors still previously or that were previously attached still had first kind of dibs on their roles. Oh, okay. Um, but it appears that Depp has rescinded that, leaving the casting fully in one else's control. Um, so we'll keep you posted as as new details emerge. Um, I like Elizabeth Moss a lot. She, yeah, I thought good she for was her. good in us as well. Yeah. Um it'll be it'll be fun kind of seeing what she's she's capable of and other horror stuff i'm glad to see she's taking on all these horror roles too it's good good. um halloween horror nights has given us a preview of a new maze called holidays in hell um halloween (laughs) horror nights is something we always really enjoy reporting on and the announcements always start to roll out around this time each year um it's an amazing event that kicks off in september over at universal studios and each year it offers up some different experiences one of this year's original mazes is called holidays in hell and holidays z with the z Z. 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 Uh, oh, you know this shit's edgy. It's, it's, super, it's super edgy, dude. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't cut yourself on that edge, boys. Uh, holidays like the 4th of July, Easter, Christmas, Thanksgiving, and more will all be represented, featuring a demonic take on each of our favorite holiday icons. The mage will have... Mage Is that will, Krampus? Uh, it's like a demonic... Santa, Santa, with horns? yeah. Okay. So yeah, I, yeah, it's probably more of a Krampus thing than it is anything else. Well, no, they call it Santa. It says a sick Santa will adorn Christmas trees with human sick body parts. Santa. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, people who plan on attending this year will have to let us know how it is. But yeah, the the maze is going to feature an original score by EDM producer Figure. I don't listen to a lot of EDM, so I don't know if that's somebody who's actually I think he's like super popular or not, Russian or German or something. Yeah. Um, and it'll. F- Offer guests a number of different and exciting places to explore, including a demented tunnel of love, a July 4th killibration, and evil turkeys. Evil turkeys? Yeah, dude, I'm pretty on board with evil turkeys. I'm not going to lie. So it sounds amazing and cheesy. I think I think it'll be fun. Um, the promo reel looks dope. Yeah, it does look awesome. Uh, everything kicks off September 13th. What a perfect day, because it's a Friday. It's a Friday? It's a Friday the 13th. Uh, oh. So five months, guys. Start counting down the days. Till Halloween. 
Till Halloween, yeah. Well, until <laughs> we get into that season. It's all right. right it feels like it's right around the corner all of a yeah. sudden. It'll be here soon. Yeah, very soon. Um, <laughs> Scream Factory has listed details for their upcoming... <laughs> Sorry. No, no, it's it's fun. <laughs> It'll be here very soon, Alex. <laughs> Scream Factory has listed details for their upcoming Night of the Creeps Blu-ray. Announced earlier this year, Scream Factory is bringing Fred Decker's Night of the Creeps to collectors everywhere in a super awesome special edition Blu-ray, complete with Tom Atkins with a Tom Atkins action figure. The eight-inch figure comes complete with Ray Cameron's shotgun and beer can. Ooh, they they really highlighted that beer can. I did, I've never actually seen this movie. Oh, it's great. You've never it? seen it before? No. It's great. I'm actually probably going to jump on board with this one. I'm really okay. excited about this one. Um, if that wasn't enough, the Blu-ray comes with a special edition slipcover, a limited edition 18 by 24 inch poster with illustrations by Devin Whitehead. Uh, and then there's an additional slipcover that comes with it as well, also illustrated by Devin Whitehead. There's tons of special features on the 2DS Blu-ray itself, including this theatrical and director's cuts of the film, a documentary short about Tom Atkins' career, deleted scenes, a theatrical trailer, and tons, and I really do mean tons of fucking interviews. Yeah, there's with, with actual good names again Yay! for the special content yeah uh, like i vote for that that's one. what i like too <laughs> uh with with the likes of ken uh heron vic polizos susan snyder and more um i think most horror fans know that this one's going to go flying off their shelves so you better get over there and pre-order if you're if you're interested i am 100 jumping in on this one what's it about it's exactly what you think it is it's just about like like zombies yeah kind of okay sort of like a take on that okay um it's just a good Good it's old one time. Of those, yeah, it's one of those like really cheesy '80s movies, dude. It. Like it's it's just Love a lot it. of fun. When I get it, we'll have to watch it. Okay. I, I, and the only so there's only three thousand copies. Yeah, and it's on Shout Factory's website only. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I have to pre-order it directly off that. You can't get it anywhere else. Man. At least the special edition. I'm sure yeah. they're gonna have more copies yeah. of like a regular edition, but the super limited one is only directly available on their site. Um. Upcoming documentary, Fulci or Fake, is coming soon. If you love Fulci, you'll probably want to keep this one on your list of awesome upcoming shit. Fulci or Fake is a documentary by Salome, sorry, sorry, not Salome, Simone (laughs) Scafidi. And it's been detailed by Rue Morgue as a movie that centers around an actor played by Nicola Nicola, Nicola Nicola, Nacella? Nicola Nicola. Nicola. Nicky. We're just going to say that you got the same name twice. Nikki Nick. Uh, yeah. There you go. Whose cast is uh, whose cast is a, as Fulci in a film about the director's life and sets out to research the role by meeting up with people who have known and studied him. Scafidi uh, teases, it's a film made of Fulci's blood with the presence for the first time of both the director's daughters, Antonella, the firstborn, endowed with a culture and humanity worthy of her father who generously made available the family's video material, and Camilla, uh, her father's assistant on the set of his latest productions who provided her first and only long video interview and unfortunately passed away after the shoot. Antonella, I'm not sure, I think it's Antonia because it's, it's an Italian name. Antonia and uh, Camilla are only people perhaps... Uh, are the only people, perhaps, to know the depth of the mystery their fa- of their own father. Um, I don't know. It sounds awesome. I'm really interested in checking this out. Yeah, I know you'd probably be hyped on this. Yeah, I really love me some Fulci, so uh-huh. um, we'll be sure to share more details as they emerge. Um, there's also a Facebook page dedicated to it that I will uh, post in the podcast description if you're interested in getting some more details. Um that's it? That's nope. all we got? Chucky nope. trailer? Chucky oh, trailer. yeah. I'm sorry. The Chucky trailer mm-hmm. came in. So, well, we got the poster. 
And then that got- kind of gave us a uh, reveal. Because honestly, in the Chucky trailer, there's not a whole lot of actually Chucky like that you see. There's Yeah, there's that one um, little shot where you see him, but he's kind of in the shadow. So it's the first full body shot, right? Yeah. yeah. But he's yeah. hiding in sort of the it's background like, yeah, shadow. Yeah, like a dresser, right? Yeah. yeah, and then there's like one part where you see kind of his face really quickly. But other than that, you still don't get a, a really good shot of him. Yeah, um, which I'm okay. We get yeah. to see him in the poster. He looks like Chucky did before he got all the scars and was burned yes. and was damaged. Yes. Um, his hair is just not crazy. It's just combed back now. It is. Yeah. Uh, it looks a little more. He started slick. getting a little crazy looking towards the end. <laughs> it's it's a little uh, more slick, a little more stylish, I guess, in terms of presentation. A little mm-hmm. cleaner, I guess, his is the eyebrows best word look for it. Bigger. Yeah, yeah. He looks a little more cartoonish, right? Yes. Like, but I guess he is supposed to be like a, I don't know, a modern doll. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it. It's it is. It's a modern take on Chucky. Yes. I think that's exactly what it is. Um, but the trailer, I, I, yeah, I had a few discussions with people on Twitter today about it, okay. and most everybody seems to be pretty on board. Uh-huh. Um, it seems like everybody kind of went into this with very low expectations, mm-hmm. and as a result, everybody's been relatively pleased with what they're seeing so far so what, what's the corporation that owns Caslin? Caslin. so I, during the Is it trailer Kaslin or Kaplan Caslin. okay Kaslin. Um, excuse me so during the trailer there's also like other Caslin products yes right it's so a like smart a, home fucking doll system okay and so like there's like a drone that was there's like drones and internet and lights cars yeah. Okay, cars, so there's, there's, that's right. there's a very quick throwaway, like right before the car crash in the yeah, trailer. You uh-huh. see somebody trying and now Caslin cars. Uh-huh. Yeah. So are those all of these things? Chucky can people? control all of them. Okay, yeah, he okay. sings to all of it. Okay, so that's, what I that's this. We are back to where we were when I first joined the cast, uh-huh. and all I did was talk about my absolute <laughs> distrust for robots and technology. <laughs> oh God! This movie is wholeheartedly embracing the whole like technology yeah, is evil. No thing. smart home products in my house. I am fully committed again not to bring an Alexa into my home. Okay. And when yeah, no, Google or Apple like reveals their autonomous cars, I'm breaking my phone and throwing my computer in the trash. No, you're not. You're a fucking web developer. <laughs> Don't He's going to start chiseling things on stone. <laughs> going to Linux and Linux only. <laughs> you should just write code with your hands. Just because also- <laughs> you can control everything doesn't mean that you actually know what's going on, dude. I, I sent you those NPM packages today that have Guy Fieri photos in them. That's true. <laughs> Who? <laughs> fucking Jesus. Um, also, uh, you got me. You got me. I was like, I'm positive. In my head, I was like, I am positive we talked we about have, Guy, yeah. P- Guy I was Fieri sitting there before. laughing hysterically because I knew you were fucking. <laughs> with him and I couldn't I, tell if Palmer actually realized it I convinced not. Palmer today that I had no idea who Guy Fieri was even though we've literally talked about him like multiple times. In my head times. I'm just like uh, has she just been making it up this whole time? Did she just act like she knew who Guy oh, Fieri that, was? <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to lie to fit in. Okay I don't actually know who he is. Um, also real quick because it's been a really long time since I've seen the original Chucky. Okay. Yeah. Uh, did they move in the original one? Like who did who So move? like the, the opening premise to this is that and they're moving into that a new they're house. moving in a new house, oh, and he has I no don't. friends, and he's getting bullied. So it's like the Karate Kid, but you're yeah. replacing Karate and Mr. Miyagi no, with no, a killer fucking robot. No, they did. I don't believe they did. But he has like yeah, so he is getting picked on because he has like a hearing aid or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. he's there's, there's something special about him. Yeah, man. Maybe the Chucky doll will connect to his hearing aid. <gasps> Blow up his fucking brain. Oh Jesus. <laughs> it's like it's like a quiet place and just like high pitch high pitch <laughs> yeah, noises yeah, yeah, yeah. just blowing into his ear. Love it. Uh but what did you guys what did you guys think of the trailer? Honestly, did you guys like it? I thought it was fine. Yeah. I thought it looked good. Uh it's 
You were like, hmm. That was your immediate reaction was hmm over and over again. Yeah, no, I thought it was good. I just needed to think about it. Okay. All right. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not like super hyped on this movie, but I'll see it. I mean, the, the trailer definitely didn't make me think that it was going to be bad. Yeah. Um, it looks like, like a lot of blood. Yes, I think, it did. Dude, if, the, if that scene that they showed of the guy getting pulled into the fucking like <gasps> yes. like rototiller dude uh-huh. if that's as graphic as it as i hope it's gonna be yep. oh my god i'm in yeah there's a ton of blood which i love it looks like there's gonna be lots of killing which is fun i didn't i was not distracted by mark hamill's voice at all and so that's yeah. the one thing we didn't mention is this is finally the reveal for his voice yeah we only got like one line very briefly at the end of the trailer uh good night andy right yeah he said, suck my dick andy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been better <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it sounds it sounds similar to Joker, but not like quite as rough. There's not as much inflection going on, I guess. Yeah. But like, it's it's definitely Joker inspired. But I'm okay with it. Like, I, yeah. I think it I think it lends itself well to it. I I, th- I think I'm still gonna have a hard time disassociating the two. But Just get over it. I don't man. think it's gonna make it like bad or anything. I'm Mark, I think Mark Hamill will do great with this role. I'm getting more of the cherry as this goes on. Oh, okay. Good, good, good. good. More of the cherry. As it gets warmer. Because I had it in the fridge. It does. And so as it gets closer to room temperature, I'm starting to get more of these cherry nuts. Wine definitely does change color. Or not change color. Change flavor. The, um, yeah, the different temperatures. You're about a third of the way through the bottle now? Maybe somewhere between a quarter and a third? A quarter and a third. Yeah, about that. All right. About that. (laughs) About that. About that. (laughs) About that. How about that? All right, that wraps it up for this week's horror headlines. <laughs> Sam, you got stuff for the now slang? I do, so let's jump into it, and I'll tell you all the new stuff about the movies, including a new Sid Haig flick. Ooh, Sid, we, we love you. you. Sid, Sid, we love you. What do we got? So, first up, uh, the only full theatrical release nationwide this week, The Curse of La Llorona. Dude, this one, that's coming out this week? Comes out on Friday the 19th. Yeah, I saw the trailer for it when I went to go see Pet Cemetery. It's been a a trailer for a lot of the horror Mm -hmm. movies in the last few months. Yeah, I've seen trailers of it, but I guess I never really paid attention to what the release date, or realized how close that release date was. It snuck up on us, huh? Yeah. Um, Um, But this one comes from Atomic Monster in conjunction with New Line Cinema. Uh, ignoring the eerie warning of a troubled mother suspected of child endangerment, a social worker and her own small kids are soon drawn into a frightening supernatural realm. Ooh. They did confirm that La Llorona is, is tied into The Conjuring, right? Did they? Did they? I did not hear that. And if I did, I forgot. <laughs> I, that's, that's the first I've heard of this. Uh, yes, um, it is. It's it's connected to The Conjuring. Oh. Damn it. Hmm. All right. Yeah, one. It's linked by one character. Which uh, one? I don't know. I'm trying to go through this bustle stuff. Keep going. All right, well, you while you're digging through that, next up, uh, this one's been a long time coming. Hagazusa. What's that one about? Uh, so also, I'm gonna get there. Alex. Oh yeah, <laughs> the whole fucking point of this segment. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, also on the 19th with a limited theatrical release with a full digital release next Tuesday on the 23rd. Uh, brought to you from the Dutch Film Academy of Berlin oh, in conjunction yes. with Retina Fabrique. Yeah. Uh, in the 15th century, in the remote Austrian Alps, the orphan Albrun grows up to be a simple goat herd living in solitude and a marked woman. As a scapegoat of ancient myths and monstrous misogyny, Albrun uh, finds herself tormented by the local townsfolk, driving her to unleash the inner darkness that swells within her. A self-styled witch, Albrun soon exercises her otherworldly birthright and conjures a plague that makes the surrounding human cruelty look pathetic and small, like a person. Is that the one where I think the, the woman is a troll or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, I was wondering about that movie. Apparently, uh, it's connected from Father Perez, who is also in the Annabelle film. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. Um, where does this one come out? It's limited release. You said. Uh, so limited theatrical release. Um, I think it's all on the West Coast right now, mm-hmm. and then it gets a full digital release on Tuesday. Oh, okay, great. Um, hey, digital. Hey, digital. Let's get so digital. that one will be uh, available everywhere that you can get your digital movies. That's song number three tonight. Digital. Right? We're on song three? Yep. Yes. Um, all right, cool. Uh, 15 I'm, seconds or less, we don't get sued. <laughs> yeah. I changed the words of mine. That's true. <laughs> it's a reimagining, okay? <laughs> Alex and her cover song. Fuck you, Olivia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but finally, this week, with a limited only release, uh, digital and DVD to come, but the dates are not yet announced, from the Lion Film Company in conjunction with Hicktown Entertainment. Okay. High on the hog. Ooh, is that just in time oh, for four twenty? Yeah, I saw a fucking yeah, trailer just in, for this. Just and in this time for four twenty. Looks awful. Yeah, it does. It looks awful. Uh, so does it have animals and four twenty friendly? Uh, it, well, it's definitely four twenty friendly. So Sid Haig stars in this as Big Daddy, and his farm-grown weed is the best in North America. But when he discovers a new strain that literally blows your mind, uh. the feds decide to put him out of business. Little do they know, it's an all-out war. As Big Daddy and his adopted family will fight to the end to protect their land and their weed. And their weed. God, it looks so uh, bad. It really, this movie looks terrible. <laughs> but for anybody who's a fan of Sid Haig, despite this movie being good or not, if you're in the L.A. area. Uh, and you want to see Big Daddy. And you want to see Big Daddy. Who's your daddy? He will be there in attendance at the Arena Cine Lounge on Sunset Boulevard, Friday, April 19th. Oh, cool, cool, cool. And don't say he looks old. He doesn't like that. Nah, nah. Also, don't stare at his eyes. Don't look at his just eyes. Just don't make eye contact with him at all. Yeah. <laughs> when you see him, just just break eye contact with him. He's like a he's like a rabid dog. <laughs> don't, don't make eye contact, and he a won't very lash slow out. Slow moving. You. Rabid dog. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Said, "Hey, we love you." Who's but your, your eyes daddy? have seen some shit. Yeah. <laughs> that man's seen some shit. But that's all we got this week. That's all, all we right. got this week. Next week's shaping up to be a big one. Sweet. Um, but yeah, that'll that'll take you home through uh, Easter weekend. So enjoy those. Yep. Cool. It'll be fun. And we can start talking about people who don't know how to spell the word cemetery. Oh, God, there's so and many. And why that is. There's so many of them. When I was reading through blog posts about this, about <laughs> about some of the shit, people were spelling cemetery as like a cross between the way that it's spelled uh-huh. in the movie and then the way that's actually supposed to be spelled. So it was like C. I saw a lot of C-E-M-E-T-A-R-Ys. Oh, God. God damn it. <laughs> I don't even know how to spell this word correctly anymore. I know. <laughs> All right, let's jump into the comparison stuff. This is what people want to hear. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to tonight's main event. Am I making enough eye contact, Palmer? You are. You are. Let's just not break it for the rest of the cast. Except we're going to have to because I have to read my notes. You guys are making me really uncomfortable. (laughs) No, don't turn this on me. I didn't do shit. Yep. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This this week's main event is, is Pet Cemetery, the 1989 original versus the Pet Cemetery of 2019. This year just came out. As always, when we do these comparison episodes, we're going to be talking about very recently released films. So 
full spoilers ahead. If you haven't seen the remake of Pet Cemetery yet and you think you know all you get to know because you've seen the trailer like I thought I did <laughs> and I went into this like, oh, I know that this movie is going to be. You don't you're know fucking what wrong. this movie is going to be. You're wrong. Let me tell you you're wrong. And if you want to listen to why you're wrong, you can't blame me when you get the spoilers that are coming. <laughs> so if you haven't seen the remake yet and you plan on it, turn pause around. The pause the podcast. We'll be here. Yeah, this, this we'll be here later. This ground is sour. Just go no further. So if you have seen <laughs> <Good> it, <one. laughs> if you've seen it and you want to progress, then let's do this. It's been thirty years since Mary Lambert's original Pet Cemetery film came out, and now we're presented with a brand new modern spin on one of Stephen King's classic tales. And arguably, uh, general fan consensus considers this his his scariest book. Okay. Yeah. Um, in an era of remakes. Does does the original film even deserve it? I don't know. That's the question we're setting out to answer. That's really what we're trying to figure out here. That's why we're here. That is why we're here. Those are the hard-hitting questions. And that's, that's why you're listening, podcast listeners. I almost said podcast viewers. <laughs> that's not it at all. <laughs> Dear listener, uh, the original is certainly a product of its time. It plods from point to point, jumping incoher- incoherently between scenes and the acting... Aside from the performances by Fred Gwynn and as Judd and admittedly Miko Hughes' Gage, which is, let's face facts, more of a product of great sound editing than it was his <laughs> acting. Uh, yeah, no, he had some good stares. Yeah, he did have some good stares. <laughs> uh, let's just say the acting left something to be desired from pretty much everybody else. Fred Gwynn will never do anything wrong. Yeah, he ever. Did, he was pretty good. Although he was he was critically panned for his his role in this when it came out. That's because nobody can understand a fucking word he's saying. That's because people are just dicks. I guess so. So here we are with a 2019 remake that sets out to plug the holes of the original and offer a more complete version of the story. I'd say for the most part, it does that job pretty well. Um, it does offer a drastically different ending. Yes. That veers so far away from the book and the original film that it's almost a completely different film. Yeah. That being said, I think the remake is a victim of its own marketing. The trailers gave away so much that I think it would have been better played closer to the chest. There are still a few surprises left, though, and I admit I enjoyed the film. I just think, overall, if they hadn't spoiled the fact mm-hmm. that the girl dies, I would have really enjoyed this film. And they gave away a lot of some other stuff, too, that I thought was just like, you know, kind of, of the more scarier parts of the movie, yeah. they gave that away. Yeah, and it's just like, uh, why? Like, I, I did yeah. feel like I had seen a lot of the movie from the trailer, but the ending, the last, like, 15, 20 yes. minutes of it veer off in such a different direction that it ends up being it's a completely different piece. I was going to say, I guess they figured that that was enough. And once once we yeah. get to that part of uh, us talking about it, I actually have a little note on what I thought the ending was going to be about 25 minutes out. Yeah. Okay. Um, and how I was absolutely fucking wrong. Yeah. Um, as usual. As usual. <laughs> But I don't know that this one will particularly stand the test of time either. No. I'm not sure 30 years from now that people will be like, this is the definitive entry in Pet Cemetery." Really, what I'm trying to say is that 30 years from now, we'll probably get another remake of this movie. <laughs> I feel like, yeah. Um, and I think it's fair to say, and Sam, you voiced some agreement on this. Uh, actually, I think we both like agreed with each other 100% that somewhere between these two films exists a fantastic movie. Which is why I think 30 years from now, it's just going to be a splice of the two movies. Uh, like an actual splice. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to take all the good shit from the original and all the good shit from the remake, and you're going to have an Oscar-worthy movie. Yeah. Yeah. I do agree. Um, if you take 
if you take the original's atmosphere mm-hmm. and the original's like some of its campiness actually lends lends a bit of charm to it and place them amongst the superior acting and the time that it takes to establish the story mm-hmm. in the remake I think you've got something that would rightfully garner a place amongst great horror films um but in their current forms both the original and the remake really I just don't think they justify that I do I will say off the bat if you couldn't tell from the intro, I do feel that the remake is a better movie overall. Mm. I do. I'm going to throw that out there right now. I will agree wow. with that. I would disagree. Um, but that being said, let's jump into it. Let's start with the original film, Pet Cemetery, 1989. Director is Mary Lambert. It's also interesting to point out that Mary Lambert wasn't the first choice to direct Pet Cemetery. In fact, uh, at this point, she was known primarily for music videos. Granted, mm-hmm. there were some very fucking prominent music videos. You can't, you can't poo-poo Madonna. You can't no, scoff you at that. No, you cannot poo-poo <laughs> Madonna. At that on that <laughs> Especially at the time that she was directing Madonna. Uh, but the one and only George Romero was actually signed on to do this film. But filming was delayed, and that delay caused Romero to back out, leading him to direct one of the other films that we dire- that we talked about in this month's theme, Monkey Shines. <laughs> so, what do you think the D- Romero version of this film would have been? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I feel like he would have focused a lot more on the Wendigo. Yes. 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 And I actually have a lot of notes about the Wendigo because I don't remember that being mentioned at all in the original. No, it's not mentioned. They mentioned it offhandedly in the remake. They did actually film scenes in the original where the Wendigo was mentioned, but they edited that completely Uh out of the film. Right. Uh, it's also fun to note that this this was Stephen King's first step up to the big boy table, uh, writing a screenplay based on his own novel. Mm. Um, so King took a special interest in this, making uh, well, it, it kind of making the 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 book into a screenplay uh, for this movie. He was on record as stating this is the only novel that he's ever written that truly scared him. As a result, this is one of the few screenplays that he's written that isn't. One of his made-for-TV series, Cat's Eye, Creepshow, Maximum Overdrive, Silver Bullet, and Sleepwalkers are the other big screen credits that Mm -hmm. he's got. Um, King also stars in this film in his noticeable role as the preacher who presides over, was it Cage's funeral or was it, uh, what's her name's funeral? The Uh, one who commits suicide. What's her name? Why am I forgetting her name right now? uh, um, Why am I forgetting her name? We're doing a great job. Missy. 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 Uh, did he preside over Missy's or was it Cage's? I thought it was Cage's. I think it's Gage's, yeah. I think it is too. Or Cage. Um, Gage. Gage. Is it Gage? Gage. Cage. No, it's Cage. It's is Gage. It? It's Gage. It's G-A-G-A. Oh, G-A. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Gage. Um, like, I know they didn't change the fucking names in the remake, did they? <laughs> Considering that, that King's home in Maine was only 20 minutes away from the area where the film was being shot, King was actually on set for most of this film during instruction. Uh... So it stars Dale Midkiff as Lewis Creed. God, what a what a, just what just a, a, what a role. terrible terrible role. God, what a really just just phoned it in. Literally the definition of phoning it in with this because he there's literally a scene of him on the phone where he's just like I don't know I don't what really you're talking know about. What's going my on? cat's dead, Judd. Don't don't say that it's my cat. And Judd's like, but it is your cat. <laughs> <laughs> he's still acting though he has um lewis creed or yeah. uh, dale mudkiff yeah he has like over 67 credits yeah. on his imdb he's got a movie currently in post-production well he plays coach chris forbes i'm gonna say that i don't think it's his movie yeah. well no he's in uh, sorry he's in a, he's movie. in a movie that's currently in post-production <laughs> uh next up we've got fred gwynn who's judd crandall hell um, yeah 
Hell yeah. Denise Crosby, who's Rachel Creed. Uh, fun fact, she was just just left Star Trek when she yep. was doing this. Um, Brad Greenquist, who plays Victor Pascal. Uh, Pascal. Pascal. <laughs> uh, Michael Lombard as Erwin Goldman. Uh, Miko Hughes as Gage Creed, uh, who actually went on to have a very fucking solid acting career. He did. Starring in Spawn, Doogie Howser. Uh, Full House. I remember him from Full House. And he's in that movie he, with Arnold Schwarzenegger where he says that women have a vagina and men oh, have a um, penis. <laughs> kindergarten Cop. Kindergarten Cop. He's he had an uncredited about. role in Tropic Thunder. Did he? Yeah. Uh, New Nightmare by Wes Craven, Mercury Rising, Zeus and Roxanne. Uh, just a shitload just more. He's been He's yeah. been all over the place. He's been in Trail of Tears. Um, what? Really? Yeah. Uh... So Blaze Berdahl is Ellie Creed, uh, Susan Blomerite, 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 uh, as Missy Dandridge. Um, and it's funny cause, cause I feel like both Missy and, uh, sorry, uh, Susan and, and Fred were given the same direction by King. You guys have to have the same accent. <laughs> you guys have to talk the exact same way. <laughs> well, they were supposed to be from the same area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just they, they both both have the exact. It was very funny. To I me. wonder where they're actually from because their accents definitely did not seem authentic to no, me. No, not always. Not <laughs> they're always. like from the valley or something. <laughs> uh, Andrew Hubastek, not Hubastank, but Hubastek. Oh uh, yes, of as course. Zelda. Uh, who's, who's a boy? Yeah, who's a definitely man. one of the most iconic things about this film in general. That's an ugly super lady. Fucking creepy. <laughs> yeah. Super yes, and an ugly lady. That's an ugly lady. <laughs> uh, the largest standout here is obviously Fred Gwynn as, as Judd Crandall, uh, the Creed's older neighbor and man responsible in part for the events that occur in the latter half of the movie. The man is primarily known for his sitcom roles, getting his start in Car Fifty Four. Where are you? Um, and you can actually find YouTube clips of him singing, and also yeah. very well known as the Judge in My Cousin Vinny, yep. which came yes. out, I think. Uh, 92. Yeah, a couple years after this. And yep. also known for his four facial expressions. Yes. Uh, long, tired. <laughs> Which he did very well. Eyes out. Yeah, long, tired, <laughs> bewildered. And confused. And confused. Um, but being mostly a man that exists amongst the cheese, he's at home in makeup, flair, and musicals. Uh, but it was rare to see him at this point in his career play more than just a bit part in a normal mm-hmm. role outside of TV movies. Yeah. Obviously, Gwen's interpretation of Judd relied on his over-exaggeration of that deep main accent, but this was insisted upon by Stephen King, and Gwen was very happy to oblige, <laughs> claiming that he put the character on like a pair of overalls and <laughs> delivering classic lines that are often quoted by horror, horror fans. The soil of a man's heart is Stonia, Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> a man grows what he can and he tends it. As for the remake, Pet Cemetery 2019, Stonia. <laughs> As for the remake, Pet Cemetery 2019 is directed by uh, two people, Kevin Kolsch and Dennis Widmer, who uh, both had teamed up previously on Starry Eyes, which was about a young Ooh, starlet yeah. that uncovers the ominous signs of the Hollywood, or, or sorry, origins of the Hollywood elite, enters into a deadly agreement in exchange for fame and fortune. Surprisingly good movie. It's very good. Um, so check it out if you haven't seen it. I think that movie is what kind of gave them the the. Mm-hmm street cred to be able to direct Absolutely. this remake that was a really surprising that was that was a surprise yeah it really was i went into it with very not really low expectations but just like not really any expectations uh-huh. and i walked away very impressed uh written by matt greenberg uh who did the screen story 
And then Jeff Buller, not Butler, but Buller, B-U-H-L-E-R, who did the screenplay. Buller? Bueller. Bueller, maybe. Buller? I'm just going to say Buller. Um, Matt Greenberg is responsible for 1408 and Halloween H2O. Uh, So he's no stranger to good horror films. And neither is Jeff Buller or Bueller. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Can we can we back up a second? I, I'm talking more about 14 and 08, you fuck. All right? That's where I'm, that's where I'm leaving. What's it. happening? What? He, I said good horror films and H2O in the same fucking sentence. Uh, but no, I wanna, I, I'm going to say 14 08 <laughs> as well because you grief me on that shit all the time, Alex. I wasn't even paying attention. I hate that movie. I don't hate that movie. I hate that John Cusack is in I it. I know you do. I just like John Cusack a lot, but I'll watch that movie. I do enjoy it's, that film. It would be better if he wasn't in it, though. It would, 100%. I agree. He literally ruined that movie. Cheers. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) I agree with you. Um, So, yeah, he's no stranger to good horror films, uh, but but neither is Jeff Buller, Bueller, I don't know, whatever you want to call him. Who Um, cares? Though his stuff is much more recent. Uh, His past films include The Midnight Meat Train, Mm. um, the upcoming Grudge remake, and this year's lukewarm release, The Prodigy. I did not like uh, Midnight Meat Train either. I liked Midnight Meat Train. That was kind of dumb. That is what it is. You're kind of dumb. You're kind of (laughs) dumb. I enjoyed that movie. It Uh, didn't have any point. (laughs) But it had such awesome gore effects. It did. There was a ton of blood, (laughs) but it had absolutely no point. Uh, The the remake stars Jason Clark as Lewis, Amy Simitz as Rachel, John Lithgow as Judd. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Why is the casting for Judd in both movies like the best part? The second? I think that was on purpose. Uh, but Hete Lawrence is also Ellie, uh, Hugo Lavoie, Lavoie as Gage, uh, and also Lucas Lavoie as Gage. Look, twins. Twins. Twinsies. There's a lot of, yeah. Um, that's, that seems to be more of a trend now than I think it was back in the 80s. Probably because of child like, yeah, labor you know. laws. <laughs> you know, those things. Yeah. Uh, Absa Ahmed is Victor Pascal, and Alyssa Brooke Levine is Zelda. Uh, she's listed as Alyssa Levine, though. I think there was actually, there was actually twins in the original, except it was the, the girl. Was there? Yep. I feel like I remember reading that. But I could be wrong. It's not on IMDb, so. You're right. Never mind. Uh, so the 2019 version sports a cast of actors that have mostly been in bit roles and are largely not really well-known household names like the original. But also like the original, the film features John Lithgow, who, like Fred Gwynn, uh, was mostly a sitcom actor known for Third Rock from the Sun, and which is... Still hilarious to Amazing. this day. Uh, and, his, uh, and Dexter. W- yeah, his one season serial killer. Yeah, and Dexter. And Dexter. <laughs> Two twin actresses played the role of Ellie Creed, however, was mainly credited for the role uh, something, 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 something. All right. Oh, so, okay. So one of them really got the credit. So, yes. Did she do most of the work? I don't know. I don't know either. Okay. All but right. they were twins. All right. Fair enough. Twinsies. Um, twinsies. Lithgow brings a certain levity to this version of Judd. What I think means levity. Um, like he he brings a weight to it, but it's different. Mm-hmm, like I feel is. like Lithgow's performance is better than Fred Gwynn's in the original, but like like in terms of acting chops, right? Like he's much mm-hmm. more serious about it. Whereas Fred Gwynn's is campy and it fits the tone yeah. of the original film. John Lithgow seems like a man. He plays a man in this movie who's seen some shit. Yeah, like it's a much more serious yes. version of Judd. It's not funny at all. Yeah, I also think though that part of that is based on the fact that you can understand what he's saying. <laughs> You can understand judges. I don't have any issue there, understanding no, there, Judd in the original film. There are some parts in the original film where... I think you're racist against people from Maine. Yeah, do you have a problem with people from Maine? I think that's what it is. Why would I have a problem with ha- anybody you- from Maine? I think Lobster I think- rolls are delicious. 
Monster rolls? Lobster rolls. See, I can't mm. understand you, Sam. It's it must his, be your dialect. It's his mid-Atlantic <laughs> mid- accent. I can't understand you. People from Maryland. I hate you guys. <laughs> Are you from Delaware? No. Maryland. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Ew. Nobody's from Delaware. <laughs> right? <laughs> Except for so, the four people that live in yeah. Delaware. <laughs> and sorry to our listeners if you're one of those four people that live in Delaware that listen to us. Sometimes I drive through your state to get to other states. <laughs> it's the drive over state of the East Coast. <laughs> um so yeah, that's what I mean by levity. So is is he does have some sort of accent going on there, but it's not. It's very obviously not quite as thick as the main accent that that Fred it's just Gwynn puts more on. More of a John Lithgow. Yeah, accent. it's just yeah. John Lithgow's. Take. Where is he even from? I wonder. Lithgow. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Let's find out. Um, Rochester, New York. Oh yeah, I can. see that, that would make sense. Okay, I can see that. All right. Uh, so as a result, his lines come across as a bit more flat than Gwyn's performance. But I find that if you stop comparing the performances to one another and view them as their own standalone things, mm-hmm. Lithgow's acting acting actually holds up. I think I think a little bit better. Like I said, but I also think it depends on like what the what tone of the film is, depending on what you're going for. Because you obviously, like you said, liked the original more. So yes. Um, you have to remember that this, there's like a, a lens of nostalgia that has also helped Gwen's accent. At the time of release for Pet Cemetery, critics claimed that his accent w- sounded super forced, with some going as far as to call it unintentionally hilarious. But his performance <laughs> remained grounded because of his character's presence, right? Like, mm-hmm. the, like Fred Gwynn on screen just dominates the fucking screen because, because he's a he's six a foot big five man, motherfucker. Yes. And because like, his face is as long as your TV. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's so, a big boy. So he's got this, 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 this presence about him regardless of how you feel about his acting in the film that that really helps the character feel mm-hmm. alive regardless of of anything else um so stripping the accent away from his performance making it modern and making it more grounded which is exactly what Lithgow seemed to do uh i don't know it just seemed like a, the logical approach to how to how to do Judd mm-hmm. in a remake yeah, yeah it would be um, ridiculous if they tried to do it too right. much like, like yeah, it, absolutely. it would come off so stupid right <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there would be Shrek memes made about it if, <laughs> if they tried to replicate what Fred Gwynn did. Like, yeah, it would that would have been too much. <laughs> Get off my swamp! <laughs> just eating an onion. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for the synopsis, I figured we're going to try to we're going to tackle this a little bit differently than the way we've done other comparisons. So Different. the the. Uh, the average for the the two the first half of both films is pretty much the yes. same. Yes. So we're going to treat treat the two of them except for a few minor things here and there as kind of one synopsis for the first half and then when it starts to break apart and things go off the deep end in the remake, we'll start talking about the extreme differences, I guess, between okay. both of them. Okay. Um, what a plan. Yeah, I guess I get it makes sense, right? Sort of. I don't know. I plan things out sometimes when I'm not sipping my glass of wine. Are you tasting rhubarb yet? Oh, absolutely. That rhubarb is just full in front. What about the mocha? I haven't gotten any of that. I'm not getting any of that at all. Is the Mm. mouthfeel still velvety? No, not so much anymore. Your mouth just going like dry? No, No. it's just used to what it is now. Maybe I've gotten used to the, 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 (laughs) 
<laughs> the flypaper aftertaste. <laughs> but you like it. I do like it. It's not, it doesn't taste like flypaper. I, well, I don't know. I've never licked flypaper. I genuinely don't understand, but, but we'll find out here. Uh, so the synopsis, uh, Lewis Creed is a doctor from Boston or Chicago, depending on the version that you're watching, who moves to a small town in Maine called Ludlow after Lewis is after, offered a job as a doctor in the University of Maine. After a brief stint unpacking, they're introduced to their kindly older neighbor, Judd Crandall. In, in the, one form or fashion. Yes. Uh, in the 89 version, Judd takes them uh, to the cemetery, like, mm-hmm. by choice, right? And in the 2019 version, Ellie, Creed's daughter, goes exploring in the yard after seeing the group of kids, and that's where she bumps into them. Yes, and they have some sort of, like, funeral procession going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. which I liked. Um, so the, the uh, Judd warns the family about the property, stating that they shouldn't venture far beyond the, the cemetery because the woods are a dangerous place and people can find themselves lost. Um, 50 acres they lived on. Oh, Jesus Christ, Could you imagine that? I don't even know how much land that uh, is. Yeah. So real quick in the remake, did you guys get the, the um, impression that they were initially trying to play Judd off as like creepy when you first met him like when when when, he was when Rachel the, when he was pulling the bee stinger out you're of talking about in the leg? remake yeah in the yeah, remake I did and like Rachel comes up and it's just like oh there's like a weird old guy that's like touching, my, touching daughter. my daughter I think yeah I think it's I think it's supposed to be kind of I mean isn't that kind of how you'd be you'd receive it if you were a parent and mm-hmm. you saw your kid on the ground sp- spread eagle with some old guy That's in true. front of her mm-hmm. like yeah you'd think that was a little creepy until you realized what was going on right yeah why yeah. is he following her in there anyways it's weird but it's not actually weird but i think they made it to seem like that yeah, yeah. and he gets a lot less creepy as a movie well they invite him yes. to dinner and stuff yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah. clearly they don't find him to be threatening all right uh so like i said judd warns the family about the property stating that they shouldn't venture far beyond the cemetery because the woods are a dangerous place and people can find themselves lost we cut to lewis working at the university and in the meantime a jogger named victor pascal is hit by a truck leaving him mortally injured during his attempt to revive him, uh, Victor calls Lewis's name in spite of not knowing anything about who he is. Lewis is unable to save him, and he's haunted by the loss, both literally and figuratively. <laughs> there was a lot of blood in the in the new one, which I there liked. was there yeah. was a shit ton of blood, and his brain say, was coming so out. They, I will say, I think the. The practical effects in the original one uh-huh. for that were yeah. better than the one in the the ones in the remake. Yeah, I they flipped agree. the injuries. So it, it's weird, just like it, it's a subtle change. That they oh, did you mean yeah, the injuries on are so on the like left. in the original one, White Victor has all the injuries on one side, mm-hmm. and in the remake, yeah, I did notice that Black Victor has all the injuries on the other side. Mm-hmm. Just a, a very weird little kind of turn of his turnover. brain was coming out of his head, and, and then the one nurse, nurse was like, like vomited. Brain. His brain is cut. I can see his brain. Get out of here. We need blood or don't throw up on me. I don't, I mean, I don't think that they were really prepared for that type of trauma at the, uh, University, University. Hospital. Yeah, no, not at all. I wouldn't blame her if she would have thrown up. Not at all. Well, you don't want to throw up on the wound. That only makes things worse. <laughs> I mean, did anybody really think that he was going to be okay? No. You might. I mean, you'd you be surprised what people what, what people can come back from. His brain was outside. Dude, of his if head. people can survive fucking skydiving, like like parachutes not ejecting when they're skydiving, you can survive being hit by a truck. Yeah, but those people learn how to fall correctly before their parachutes don't open as part of their training. And they mostly break bones. Doesn't everybody need to learn how to fall eventually, <laughs> yes, Alex? You're right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't practice getting hit by cars before I yeah. go running, though. You can't practice that. And you can. Get hit by cars? Yeah. <laughs> Just run you just start out slow. You just have your friend like take your foot off the brake, and the car just kind of drifts into you. I want to try. I want to practice jumping out of cars. 
Somebody who has been hit by a car, it's not a fun experience. I'm just going to. I mean, I've gotten tapped by a car. I haven't gotten hit like that guy. No, I've gotten hit jogging. I've gotten hit while riding a bike. Well, maybe you guys need well, to pay more there you attention. Go. You guys need to pay more attention. No, fuck that. Yep. They need to pay attention to me. No, you need to pay attention where you're going. But anyways. I, I am the sl- soft, fleshy vessel on the side of the road. They are in a fucking steel behemoth. But I don't think Damn that anybody it. knew that that man was going to be okay. I think everyone pretty, was pretty sure he was going to die. Yeah, maybe, maybe. You have, you have hopes, though, right? I don't know. Anyways, that's besides the point. This is, <laughs> this is getting really existential. We're getting in the weeds here. We're getting really in the weeds. Uh, is that so bad, though? I mean... No. I mean, this is what we're here for. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that night Lewis is hot. Uh, well, he has a vivid dream. <laughs> he has a vivid dream. <laughs> you said it wrong. Y'all mean, I'm just going to take you a gotta talk like wine. Fred Gwynn. If you're going to do it, I don't want to know how to do that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, me. <laughs> uh, that night, Lewis has a vivid dream where he n- follows Pascal into the cemetery. Uh, Pascal warns Lewis that you should not venture beyond the deadfall, which is a barrier of fallen trees and brush that block the path leading outside and away from the cemetery. When he awakens in his own bed the next morning, he's convinced it was just a dream. But after pulling his covers off himself, he sees that his bare feet are covered in mud and brush. And every time in both the original and the remake i can hear my wife yelling at me about my dirty feet mm-hmm. in the bed oh, yeah. <laughs> he knew she was going to be mad too so he covered yeah, back up she goes barging in he's like oh shit <laughs> he's not yeah he's not worried about her being like what happened he's like she's gonna yell at me for getting dirty feet in the bed so Absolutely. he covers it up real quick oh yeah i'd be pissed at ben if he did that <laughs> what the fuck are you doing yep because I always like go like walk. I'm the one who takes the dog out like at the end of the night. I'm just you go barefoot. Wipe, don't oh you? yeah, I go barefoot. I'll just wipe him off on the carpet and just get in bed, and I'll oh wake up goodness. and Kelly be like, "Why is there so much dirt about? Why is all this dirt about? There's mulch in my bed." <laughs> I do not blame her. <laughs> um. So that scene, the scene that follows, does does have some minor differences, but their differences nonetheless. The gist is the same between both films, though. Ellie's cat, Church, is found by Judd dead on the side of the road. Judd notifies Lewis and tells him to uh, come confirm it's his cat. Lewis heads over and says that it's indeed Church. So here's what we've got in terms of differences. In the 1989 version, the events take place right around Thanksgiving. Judd leads Lewis directly to these haunted burial grounds, knowing that Ellie will be devastated. On the way, Judd tells Lewis that the grounds belong to the Micmac tribe and tells him that his cat will come back. Judd also tells Lewis that he should fix his cat at one point in earlier in the film to stop it from wandering, something that's never brought up in yeah. the remake. Yeah. Um, in the 2019 version, the events take place on Halloween, and Judd initially makes Lewis think that they're going simply to bury Church by the pet cemetery. Once he gets to the cemetery, though, there's something that like he hears off in the distance. Something's calling to him. Um, and Judd suddenly realizes how much Ellie's going to miss her, and having grown close to the creeds, he leads Lewis beyond the deadfall, and they go on this trek as the sun goes down from afternoon to dusk to nightfall. They hear an awful noise. Judd blows it off, claiming that it's just a bird. Judd points out the burial grounds were just owned by an indigenous people. There's no mention of the Micmac tribe at all, and he points to the symbols scattered throughout the woods. Judd doesn't tell him that his cat will come back and yeah. simply tells Lewis they're burying it. Yeah. So additionally, in the original, isn't Ellie gone? Ellie's not home when church dies maybe i don't remember because um isn't that after the first phone call where she's like oh how's how's church 
And he's like, oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's in the like, first, oh, she's fine. Yeah, yeah he's, he's fine. A, he not, he's on his own for like pretty much the yeah. whole time. So the, yeah, in the original, right. in the original movie, Ellie's gone. Uh, she and Rachel are out of town. And in this one, they're obviously you know trick or treating. Um, uh, one of the big differences I think that we should point out here, uh, because the rest of the movie is definitely going to rely on this, uh, the remake focuses a lot more on the kids. Than yes. the original and group. the wife as well and the wife yeah mm-hmm. it's a lot more um, about the family than it is just, just about Lewis and yeah and Judd the yeah. men the men <laughs> the men folk <laughs> um, so I think that's an important thing to keep in uh, keep in mind as we talk about the rest of this movie is just how how predominant the kids are in the remake in comparison to the original you keep that in mind I will keep it in mind it's in my notes <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, in the end, both films have the same conclusion. Church is buried inside the sour ground and he comes back to life the next day. Church moves sluggishly. He's vicious towards Lewis and he stinks terribly. In the 2019 version, they make a point of showing Church Church's changed persona by including a scene where he Church toys with a still alive bird, tearing it asunder on Lewis's and Rachel's bed. In the 1989 version, all he does is drop a dead rat into the yes. Lewis's bath. Yep. So the church seems a little more vicious, I think, in the in 2019 this, version. There's yes. also a lot more no. of a focus of like him like hissing and scratching at him and stuff like that. Yeah, too. he I doesn't think just, much more like an angry cat. Yeah, he doesn't yes. just stand there like looking at things. Yeah, in yeah. an ominous way. This is your cat now. Yeah, exactly. Dick. <laughs> <laughs> um. So what happens next? Uh, church is found on top of Gage, right? Uh, in the crib, yeah. In yep. the crib, and it looks like he's trying to hurt Gage. So this is kind of like the last straw after he goes to Judd, and he's like, what the hell's going on with my cat, Judd? And Judd kind of explains to him about the sour ground and regales him with the story of his youth in the 1989 version. This mm-hmm. doesn't happen in the 2019 version. Uh, mentioning that he had a dog. Well, no, he tells him about the dog. In both versions, he tells him that the, that he had a dog that was buried and came back to life and had to be killed again. Yep. Um, but he was a mean dog to begin with. So yeah, he he, that's a, why he wasn't concerned about Church because Church was a nice boy. Right, right. He was uh, a good boy. Church, good kitty. And shut up. <laughs> in the 2019 version, Judd makes a mention of the Wendigo, which is a major difference from the 1980 yes. version, yeah. stating that uh, that the pull of the Wendigo is partially the reason that he felt compelled to have Lewis bury the cat there. You just he find, always finds yeah, yeah sorry. You, you just find the sweetest smelling reason. You just find the sweetest. Well, no, it doesn't. It's no, not John, John Lithgow. Lithgow. It's John Lithgow saying, I can't do it in that voice. I'm still doing it in that voice. You just find the sweetest (laughs) smelling reasons to go back to the burial grounds. You you just, I can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Sam, try. Be John Lithgow. Do it. Be John Lithgow? Yeah, do it. Do Uh, it. I can't, I don't know that one. You just find, no, I can't do it either. (laughs) Dexter. He's more nasally. He's like a nasally. Yeah, he is a bit nasally. He's a Rochester. (laughs) He's from Rochester. He's from Rochester. 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 Uh, so this is something that the original film doesn't feature at all in theatrical release, but footage does exist. Like I said, where there's, and may exist in deleted scenes or maybe alternate cuts of the film. Maybe if somebody has a special edition Blu-ray, I don't Mm -hmm. have access to that. So Mm -hmm. I've only got the theatrical cut of the film, um, where apparently there is footage of Judd mentioning the Wendigo in the 89 version and that he does exist. But like I said, that was cut completely from the theatrical version. Um, It's just a surprise to me kind of in general how much both films downplay the Wendigo's importance considering it was such an integral part of of the book itself. Uh, Yeah. Um, There's a lot more to the Wendigo's presence and it's actually something that Lewis runs into at one point. 
during the book face to face. Oh, really? Whereas it doesn't happen at all in either film. Hmm. Um, which is, I don't know. I just, just found that interesting. I actually think that inclusion alone would make these movies better. Yeah. I mean, but that run in specifically, uh, just more of a focus on that in general. And we'll get into a little more detail about how the book deals with yeah. the revival of things versus the movies, um, here in just a little bit. Um, is it when, when, when do you call it? Wending? When it goes like, is a, it like a skinwalker? Um, sort of. No, it's like no. a, it's got like, uh, so antlers. It, it looks like, uh, looks like a deer head. It's like a beast that is supposed to be like demonic. Uh, and basically it, it does what, what King basically says it does in the book. It just sours ground. It takes over territories and it makes them not the same. Okay. And so, like a lot of Native American tribes did believe very heavily in this kind of mystical creature. Specifically tribes tied to the Algonquin. Algonquin, yeah. yeah. Which is an East Coast thing, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, also, um, when there are versions typically of... Typically cannibalistic. The... Okay. So they... Like, the, the whole thing is uh, that it may appear as a monster with some characteristics of a human or as a spirit who's possessed a human um, and have them become monstrous... And they are uh, generally a mythical man-eating creature or evil spirit. That's so they were once them. humans, though, and then turned into monsters? I think they're, they've always just been demonic they've spirits. They've always yeah. just... Okay. There are versions of Wendigos that I've seen that look like yetis, though. Oh. Yep. Burr. With, like, ram's horns. Ooh. Um, Christmas themes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, in the 89 version of the film, Lewis ignores this kind of issue, right? He's basically ignoring church, rationalizing it, saying that he'll settle for what, for what he's done as long as it doesn't harm Ellie. In the new one? In the 89 version. Right. In this one, in the new one, he's very much like... He tries to euthanize it at one point. He does. But there's also like a really long running theme or kind of like a deep theme in the new one about how like his wife is very much about like the afterlife and, and talking about it. And he's like, once you're dead... You're dead. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he doesn't believe in the or supernatural or, or anything like that, right? So when the cat comes back, he is, of course, is just. I'm glad you're not a vet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's just like okay, whatever. Let's just get rid of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're all gonna die, Ellie. So get a good night. So sleep. get. I know what a terrible bed night <laughs> story. <laughs> I'm not a parent, but like that seems rough. <laughs> um, Lewis decides to try to euthanize the cat, like I said, but he can't bring himself to do it. So he decides to just drop it off very far away. Because it kind of like looks sweet, right? Yeah. It looks like a real dick yeah, it cat. Looks at him. And then it all of a sudden is just like. Yeah. Oh feeling God. cute. Look Don't kill me tonight. Feeling cute might kill you later. <laughs> <laughs> so he drops it off very far away and leaves it by the road in hopes that it'll never come back. <laughs> Here's where the film takes a huge yes. stride away from the original source material completely, both the book and the original movie, forming its own unique story. And by this, I mean the 2019 version yes. of it. Um, and uh, so in the 1989 version, during Ellie's birthday st- no they're just flying a kite right yeah uh they're, the creed's having, youngest, they're having a picnic they're having a picnic and they're a just picnic. flying a kite uh the creed's youngest son gage is killed on the same highway by a truck in the 2019 version ellie is killed but it's during her birthday mm-hmm. once again i'm going to emphasize that this is something that i really wish they didn't reveal in the trailers for this film like yeah it's it's kind of like they should have done i understand the that they changed it route. route yeah and just kind of made and it so, ominous. Say nothing. Well, because nobody saw the death on Hereditary coming. 
No. That's true. Nobody so, did like, see they, that. They should have just done it. <laughs> <laughs> Although I guess we didn't say who died, so. Not, so not spoilers. Now you know somebody I mean, it's, it's long enough at this point. That, you know, yeah, if you haven't seen it by now, then just yeah. get better with your uh, life. But get they, good. they <laughs> could have just done with the trailers for this what they did for Hereditary. And so, like, because the big question going into this was how do you make this movie different? Different. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they could have just had the dad's reaction, yeah. Instead of seeing, yeah, you could have, and it led the audience to believe that it was Gage that got hit again. And they right. tried because like, we all know that. I will give them credit; they tried to play, they tried to play it similar to the original. Yes, he goes after Gage because Gage is wandering into the street. Actually, if you line the trailer, the second trailer mm-hmm. up to the original trailer for Pet Cemetery, it is literally blow by blow the exact same fucking oh, trailer. That's very yeah. cre- I the like exact that. same trailer. Uh, but he, Lewis runs to get Gage because yeah. that's all he sees. He doesn't know Ellie's in the street. Um, and the difference being, obviously, in the original, he doesn't get to Gage before Gage gets hit. And this one, he does. Yeah. Um, so they could have used that in the trailer instead of letting everyone know that Ellie's standing in the middle of the fucking street. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then you see her coming back. Sense. And yeah. yeah. Just didn't make sense. Yeah. That's, that's, we'll, we'll get, we'll get, get more in there, into there in a second. Um, but the family grieves as the child is buried. That was a t- that was a heartbreaking scene, though. That was like where the mom rushes the to her, no in the new in the, one. The, yeah, yeah, where the mom rushes bad. to see the body, and it was like, is I don't this re- where you started crying? Yes. <laughs> okay, I wasn't crying. I was tearing up a little. You were bit. sobbing hysterically. No, it was very. I felt very emotional. So so. Why? <laughs> no, it's, it was. <laughs> No, you have to. Yeah, do it. that was me. No. Short pump, nine thirty. You got to do it the same way that Lewis does it in the original. No. <laughs> so which which reaction is more appropriate or is is better? Is pulled off better? Probably Alex's. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even do one. <laughs> you didn't have to. <laughs> That's the point. But no, I did. I did find that scene to be very emotional, especially when they were yeah. Is, is is that scene better than the the no screaming over the montage of all the baby pictures from oh. the original? Oh God! Yep, better. Yeah, all right. All right. I think better. that that scene is hilarious. No, <laughs> that's the thing. The other you thing. see the lone bloody children's <laughs> shoe flying across the road with a sock in it. Well, this one you how see that stock stay there. I don't yeah. understand how the sock managed a... to stay in the, in the well, fucking and in, shoe. In this one you else. see her little like bunny bloody, angel bloody, doll bloody, or whatever. Yeah, it is. yeah, that her mom cuddles up with after she's yeah. dead. Oh, that's so, so sad. When it was that blood all over it. Here's a question. Watch the thing, girl. Here's a question. Um, because. Obviously, at this point, we've we've discussed different kids die in each one. Um, wouldn't a giant fucking eighteen wheeler just like just demolish? Yeah, that like girl? in the original, especially, wouldn't Gage just like explode into a mist? Yes, yes, there would be. And and in the remake, Ellie looks surprisingly in one piece. It's well, funny. yeah, they when they put well, her back together, when they you know embalmed her, all they had to do was stitch up the back of her head. Yeah, and, and she has like little... one small bruise under her eye. Yeah, well, her eye is drooping. Yeah, yeah. she's got a lazy eye. After Real getting hit by eye. a fucking it's like, oil it's tanker. like a lazy face. <laughs> <laughs> so just that's weird. Yeah, it, no, it is weird. It, it's it's also interesting to note that in the in the King version of the book or in the King's book, uh, Gage is is a total fucking mess. Yeah, like he like, looks a mess. Yeah, he, and he's got moss on his face. Sense. He's yeah. like, I find he's it, fucking disaster zone. I find it especially interesting considering how viscerally graphic they decided to be with Victor's portrayal when mm-hmm. he got brought in after getting hit by a car, and he's a grown ass man. Yeah, yeah. And the kids just they come out okay. Maybe the kids wouldn't sit for makeup. <laughs> I think that it's. A, long. I think it's got to Maybe. do with the fact that it's like Paramount, right? Like, 
Like you can't release a mainstream horror movie and, and have that kind of kid, have a kid brain hanging yeah. out. Also, I don't think like I said, I don't think they'd sit for makeup for that long. Yeah, maybe that's hours. Yeah, so, that just is, that's true too. Just maybe a weird like, little thing about both movies that's always kind of bugged me. Just evaporate. They should just be evaporated like mist. I, especially Gage. <laughs> yeah. In, in the first movie, Gage just should have exploded. Yeah. That kid was perfect. He had such an evil little face. I did really like that under the carriage shot that happens, though, in the first movie. Yeah. Uh, yes. Like as the truck drives, it drives, it drives over, over the over camera. The camera. Yeah. 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 I did really cool. like that camera. That was scary. That shot a lot. Um, so in both versions, we kind of get a brief, brief moment where both versions actually kind of unite again. The family grieves and the child is buried. Um Judd knows that Lewis is thinking what Lewis is thinking and mm-hmm. warns him not to bury his child in the in the ground, regaling him of the tale uh, that uh, well of Timmy in the eighty nine version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't touch on this. He, this is like there's that classic. Everything post two thousand has to be somebody searching through the internet to get all their answers. <laughs> not just talking to their neighbors. Not just talking to their neighbors. That's he right, gets, so he, he tells- gets that Timmy story from the internet. Yeah, um, and Timmy was a real dick. Yeah. <laughs> also, though, coincidentally, the the difference between the two movies here, the catalyst for Rachel leaving town, yes. uh, was the fist fight in the original one. Yeah, because um, her dad like tells her and the kid yeah. to get in the car. Yeah, that doesn't happen in the remake. They don't so, have family problems like that. In the, no, in the that's remake. good. Who? I mean, who does? She that? just she just up and leaves. I mean, I could I, but like the family problems seem to also stem more from it's between Lewis and the dad. Like in King in the book, yeah, the dad hates Lewis. Okay, because he never approved of the marriage apparently like in the he book he does say that in the first one he's like yeah. I told her she would have a, a, like a, li- a life of misery if well, she married you it's like, you're Lewis, a bum Lewis never went to <laughs> Lewis never went to the father for approval okay and so as a result he holds like a grudge I guess right like because Lewis just asked the daughter if he wanted to marry her not the dad <laughs> what? like if he could so marry her this I, is this is one of those parts though where I feel like the original one does it better yes because the catalyst for rachel leaving in the first place is that fight and her dad like takes her with him yeah they go back to uh boston or chicago whichever one they're in in the original there is no reason for rachel to leave she just can't be in the house yeah she just leaves and it's very strange too because she really dislikes that house the one that she grew up in right yeah she you know and she's been having flashbacks of zelda since she moved into this new house what are you talking about there's no reason for her leaving she's literally holding the bloody bunny and she's like i can't be here my daughter yeah. was just killed here like, like how can, why you i wouldn't i wouldn't be able to be there but i wouldn't no. go back to that house though she fucking hates that house oh the house that she grew up, that in, she grew up in yeah yeah that has she's like I said, she's been having flashbacks of zelda every, the whole up movie. until that point the, up yeah. until that point the last place i would want to go is yeah, after after my to kids that house, dies, I would go to, go to like where a my hotel. Yeah, go to my like I would go literally anywhere else. I wouldn't stay in the house. Just go stay at fucking Judd's. <laughs> yeah, go to the Best Western. We'll leave the light on for you. No, those are two, <laughs> those are two different hotels and different slogans. Is it? I don't, yeah, it's not Best Western that leaves the light on for you. I don't it's know a cheaper who it is. one. I don't know who it is. Motel uh, six. Motel six. <laughs> you got to leave the lights on. Those it are keeps, very it, very different. It keeps motels. the bed bugs. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, So Rachel is unable to cope with the situation and leaves to spend a few days with her parents in either Chicago or Boston, depending on the version that you're watching. Uh, Once Rachel leaves, Lewis is Shabaston. (laughs) Shabaston. Once Rachel leaves, Lewis digs up the digs up his child uh, from the resting pot in the spot in the cemetery downtown and buries it in the sour ground behind the deadfall. In the 2019 version, he drugs Judd. 
to yeah. set him to sleep, which is much more sinister, <laughs> in my opinion. Like right? because, yes. because of the fact that like he know he he's knows what he's about to do him. is wrong, yeah. right? Like and and he it makes it just really clear that Lewis knows that this is not right. Right. And Jed he, knows what, what and Jed knows what he's gonna do. He's sitting up wait waiting yeah. for him. Right. He's and, like, Oh, I'm just at this fire. Yeah. <laughs> sitting and, here. And in the eighty nine version he just tries to out or he just tries to wait things out, right? And Jed mm-hmm. falls asleep because he has a few beers of his own accord. Yes. He, he just he just falls asleep in the chair. With poisonous vodka or not vodka, it was like whiskey or something. I don't know what it was. It was something it was that put him to sleep. Some, yeah. Something brown. Something brown. In a decanter. Uh <laughs> but that's called a bottle. <laughs> The rest of the film, the 89 film, plays out as follows. Gage awakens, goes after Judd. Judd dies. Gage kills his mother. Gage is given a large dose of morphine by Lewis. Lewis is convinced that he can bury Rachel in the sour ground, and she'll raise just fine because Gage was just buried too long. Oh, too yeah, late. Yeah. No, he was dead too long. The, yeah, buried oh, too, yeah. Long. Yeah, too long. Yeah, sorry. Uh, we get he gets buried twice. I got confused. <laughs> we, we get a nasty kiss at the end when Rachel reappears, flesh dangling from her face and the pus oozing from her she eye socket so as they embrace and the kiss passion and kiss passionately. While Lewis fails to notice her picking up a knife off the table and the credits roll to that awesome Ramones song, yep. the ninth classic and a scream. Yes, and in the 2019 version, uh, it was significantly darker and definitely a lot more off the rails when compared to the source material. Ellie is resurrected. She can talk. She's capable of understanding that she died, and she interacts with her father. She Uh, dances. Yeah, she dances. uh, She breaks shit. Oh, yeah, she fucking tears the house apart at one point. She's, like, evil. Uh, She has an issue with not being loved. She doesn't take issue with her father because he expresses love for her and attempts to love her, albeit with hesitation. Ellie kills Judd because Judd sees her Mm -hmm. and realizes she needs to be stopped because he's encountered this before. Yeah, he's seen it. Uh, So she stalks and toys with him before cutting his Achilles tendon just like in a nod to the original film and stabbing him repeatedly and taunting Judd about his dead wife. This movie is the only thing that makes mention of Judd's wife at all, period. Yeah. Judd's yeah. wife is a prominent figure in the book itself. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which, Inter- is, which, I, which I always found to be pretty interesting. Interestingly, uh, again, the the gore choices are, are unique. Because mm-hmm. the, mm. the Achilles mm. slash in the remake is mm. way more visceral. It's so deep. So deep. And then that pull where his Ugh. ankle just collapses... It's a lot. It feels like there's a lot more weight to it, right? Like in the in the uh, original version of the film, it's like it's like it's just going through like clay, like a super sharp yeah. knife yeah. through clay, right? But the the weird part is when uh, Lewis finds Judd later in both movies. Judd is Judd's face is way more fucked up in the original than it is in the remake. Well, he stabs him a bunch right, of times. Yeah, too. she she doesn't focus on his face; she focuses on his torso. On his, she stabs him, so she cuts. Yeah, cuts his Achilles. It, yeah, it's just like an interesting him. use of gore, where like the the focus is kind of reversed between the yeah. two movies. Yeah, yeah. No, I'd agree with that. Um, so. Uh, Rachel arrives home. She sees Ellie and understandably wants nothing to do with her. Lewis goes to check on Judd after realizing, yeah, because she tries to hug her at one point. He, hug your daughter. Her, yeah, he wants makes nothing to do with her. He was like, hug your daughter. And she was like, uh. This is terrible. I don't know what's going on here. I want nothing to do with this. I would be like, and she's like, I'm going to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good night now. Uh, Lewis goes to check on Judd after realizing that there's something wrong with Ellie and discovers him stabbed to death. While Lewis is out, Ellie stabs her mother and face her face changes into Rachel's sister's Zelda, Zelda's face as as the Zelda Ellie taunts Rachel about her never loving her and that she 
needs to die. Basically, to, like does the whole spine thing. You have a straight spine. Like yeah. you never loved me. So blah blah blah. She seems to like take on the demons of other people, right? right? So these things that they feel guilty about in their life, which is a huge part of the book. The book, okay, because they don't touch on that really at, at all, all in the yeah. film. But this yeah. one, it's very much like whatever you feel guilty about in your life, with the exception of the dad. It, it never changed. I guess he just feels guilty about letting his daughter die. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, it definitely does, you know, fuck with people. Exactly. (laughs) Which is awesome. Um, He is, uh, sorry, hold on a second. Uh, As Zelda, as the Zelda Ellie taunts Rachel about never loving her and, and and telling her she needs to die, Rachel manages to pass baby gauge to Lewis before she is stabbed to death by Ellie. At what point, at what point we get that amazing line, uh, you, you, you're not my daughter. Then go be with her and, and st- yeah. stabs her, like guts her, basically on screen. So this, um, this was around the time where I guess kind of going into the scene after the hug part. Uh, I wrote in my notes, I bet Rachel and Gage survive and Lewis dies in this movie instead. <laughs> uh, and I said there was about twenty five minutes or so to go. Mm-hmm. Um, right at this part is nope. Down goes Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. Uh, so. Lewis tries to get in there and stop Ellie. He finds his bleeding wife on the ground. She's, she's, it's already too late to save her. She's but way he's bloody. Like, he's, he's got the syringe just like he did in the 89 film mm-hmm. and just like he does in the book. He's it getting helps ready. That he's a doctor. <laughs> yeah. He's getting ready to try to put his daughter down for good this time. And she knocks his ass out. Uh-huh. Uh, and Lewis awakens and he goes to investigate what's happened, finding a trail of blood and his wife's body missing yes. from where he's waking up. So he goes to investigate. He, he gets to the pet cemetery, co- encounters Ellie again. She basically tells him it's too late. Like she's already buried the mom. And so mm-hmm. he pins Ellie down and right as he's about to kill her, Rachel appears reanimated and kills Lewis with a fucking cross. <laughs> Thanks for the save mom. Yeah. Right. That's across from the cemetery. Right? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, <laughs> So Ellie and Rachel drag Lewis's body to the grounds for him to be resurrected as well. The final scene occurs with the newly resurrected family approaching Gage, who was yet to be killed, and he was left in the car. He was left in the car, right? Uh, first, and, as, and the as, dad as, told him not to open the door for, for anybody. Which I found to be so funny. I was like, man, you don't leave kids in the fucking car. <laughs> like, everybody knows you don't leave your kid in the fucking car. At least it wasn't like for a safety reason. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, cold. Maybe the window was cracked. Yeah, it's true. They were all wearing sweaters and stuff, mm-hmm. and it was supposed to be like around fall. He did. Uh, he was chill. He was napping for a little while. Yeah, he was. Uh, so Gage is yet to be killed, and he turns and mm-hmm. expresses excitement as he sees his whole family together and church. again. Yeah, and church. The church uh, hops onto the car, and we cut to black as the credits roll, and the incredibly awesome cover of Pet Cemetery is played overhead, done by a band called Starcrawler. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so ultimately, the 2019 version. I feel like it's a lot more demonic, and it has a lot more to do with the possession than mm-hmm. the traditional reanimation, like the 1989 version does. Yep. Uh, the 2019 version does get more hands-on with approach to demonology, but it's still a lot that's left out from the book. Um, that would really help, in my opinion, further cement mm-hmm. the story just overall in general. For instance, the whole story with Timmy, uh, the man that Judd mentions, had previously been burned. Uh, or buried buried in the Wendigo grounds. Right. Um. He's he's a story that that he recounts at one point when when uh, Lewis is like, has any man ever been buried there? Right. Uh, and so that story uh, in in the book, um, Timmy is is capable of full conversation and he poses no real threat to anybody. Uh, he's just he just kind of like wanders the streets, um, just freaking people s- out by the way he looks. Yeah, because he's just like lethargic and okay. like everybody knows he's dead. Like he's clearly because he looks was a, dead. Yeah, well, no, he was a World War Two 
oh. uh, vet that his body he had been killed during the war and his body was flown home. So his body is very old. Yeah. So so his body had been flown home. They had a funeral for him. All that stuff. The whole town knows the he's dead. T- all of a sudden, he's reanimated and patrolling and walking through the down town. the street. Yeah, downtown. Uh, so everybody's just like, "What the fuck?" And Love they go smell to town left. They go to <laughs> they go to confront Tom or Timmy and his dad, and it's revealed that Timmy has these psychic powers. Right? He can read everybody's deepest darkest thoughts and he sees all of their deepest darkest mm. thoughts which is sort of touched upon in the 2019 version yes. but it's made a lot more apparent what in does he the do book. with these thoughts that he knows he basically like tells everybody to fuck to off fuck he's off. like okay. if you don't leave this house and leave us alone like okay. i will literally destroy like, i'm your not life. doing anything to hurt you but i yeah. know i can fuck you up yeah exactly okay um and so he knows the town's deepest darkest secrets as a result they all run off humiliated and <laughs> timmy's father is the one who ends up killing him and then timmy's father kills himself okay That's and cool. so the the um wendigo from that point on is vicious towards all humans whenever it possesses things because they already tried to kill him once. Okay. So it remembers that. And so it remembers everything mm-hmm. that, that it does that had happened previously when it possessed something else. Okay. So that is, that idea exists in the book. The idea of telepathy is incorporated throughout the book. Uh, also, for instance, when Gage is resurrected, he's fully capable of speech. Like he talks like an adult. Yeah. Uh, in in the novel. And he knows everybody's secrets all as well. And it's hinted that he's violent, like I said, because the window, Wendigo spirit remembers being killed for the first time. So it kills everybody else before they have a chance to kill him. Okay. Um, so in a way, the remake is a bit of a closer representation mm-hmm. to Gage from the book. It makes sense to hear Rachel talk in full sentences. She's clearly knowledgeable of some of the terrible things her mom had uh, probably not shared with her. Obviously, like I, I sincerely doubt Rachel had shared... Uh, Anything with Ellie in regards to oh, her what sister. happened to her sister with Zelda and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, no, definitely But not. Ellie knows all of that stuff. So she can tell people. Yeah, yeah. so there's some sort she of telepathy going on, on there. what people's spheres are. Exactly. Uh, and so Rachel is capable of doing more than Gage was capable of doing in the 89 version of the film. Uh, other she, major... Di- I was going to say, but she just does not look as evil as that little boy did. Though. Yeah, no, that little boy, when he smiled and had his eyes <laughs> wide open, dude, that was some genuine crazy Ooh. face right there. Uh, other major vi- differences that we didn't really outline in the synopsis was, was, well, I guess we did sort of touch on it, was Lewis's relationship with Rachel's parents. Um, Lewis hates Rachel's parents in terms of the fact that they left her home with Zelda. Yes. Yeah. Which Rightfully is totally understandable. So. Totally understandable. Who does that to well, a child like that? So Zelda's also, uh, uh, seemingly at least, a lot more prominent in the remake. Um, at least she's introduced a lot earlier. A lot more screen time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she has because she, yeah, the, uh, the the mom is definitely thinks of her and, often. And some of those those dumbwaiter scenes were fucking ridiculously yeah, good. Yeah, that was oh that one the, with the behind the mirror. Yeah, that was so dope. I got genuinely freaked out. Yeah, yeah. So Zelda like literally lives in the walls of the house where mm-hmm. they're where they're staying, or at least does in her in, in her Rachel's mind, head. Yes. Um, and I wanted to ask, do you guys think that this was like when it first starts off? Do you think that this is the Wendigo's doing from the get go, or do you think it's more just Rachel not being able to cope with the death that's going no, on? No, no, I her? absolutely think it's it's the Wendigo's it's doing supernatural. Yeah, because. Um, yeah, I think it's both. I think it's I think it's what's it like exacerbated by the death of you know, the, but I think that it was there to begin with. Rachel's okay. whole anything but dead comment. Yeah, like she needs some serious fucking therapy. She does, and he uh, was like, but yeah, I I agree with you. I think the Wendigo act absolutely exacerbates like every all the like yeah. issues she has regarding Zelda and like her childhood. And her her husband said that too. He was like, I know that when it comes to death, like you 
you can't talk about it at all. Yeah, and she, you're like a full grown lady should be able to maybe not the death of your daughter, but it should at least be able to acknowledge like the death of a cat. Yeah, like, like it's gonna suck. You know what I mean? But you're a grown ass lady. Like you have to talk about it. Yeah, I think it's a mix of both. Yeah. Okay. Um, another thing that I appreciated, and I'm gonna have to take. It's been a while since I've read Pet Cemetery. Mm-hmm. A long, long while. Although I will say, after watching both of these movies. I really want to go back and reread yeah. the book because I genuinely like remember feeling a lot more creeped out by this whole premise. Is King gets super dark in this fucking book? Mm-hmm. I remember this being one of his darkest books, um, and it's up there in terms of like with with the stand, in my opinion, and being like just like one of his best written novels. That's awesome. Um, so I really want to go back and reread it in general. But the there are a lot of things that some some people had pointed out that are Easter eggs that existed in the book okay. that also exist in the film. Uh, that kind of connect this to the greater Stephen King universe in general. Uh, so, for instance, in the mo- in the 2019 version, we see the Dairy Road sign as she's yep. driving down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, that apparently does happen in the book as well. Okay. Uh, and then we get the Cujo the reference Cujo during reference, Ellie's yeah. birthday, yep. uh, which also that. happens in the book. Um, and then Gage and Ellie both have the shine. Yeah. Yep. Depending on like the which shinning. version, the shinning. The, 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 they got the on which version the that you uh, that you watch. It's either Gage or Ellie. So they this 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 idea of of telepathy exists mm-hmm. throughout a lot of of King novels. Um, I feel like they definitely honed in on that a little bit more in the first one. Yeah, yeah. Which that was one of my favorite parts about the the first movie was how they're kind of being led by well, I forget his name, but the guy who got hit by a car, <laughs> Pascal. Pascal. Yeah. That's right. They really do like you know. And they don't know they're doing it for the most part. They just kind of have this like feeling that they have to go. Yeah, it's just happening. They, yeah. they feel like they're being pulled. Which I right? really, I really like that in the first one. Yeah, and that guy was creepy too. Yeah, with the so, short, with the short shorts. <laughs> so there's just like a number of things that I just don't understand why they haven't brought into the movies at all in general, right? Like, I do think that if they did cage or gauge again in a way that they did Ellie, like that we have CGI now that right. is really good, make. Gage be able to talk in a demonic voice, full adult sentences. Like if why? They, why wouldn't they just do that? Like it is in the book. Okay. Uh, why don't they touch more on the Wendigo? Why is he a more prominent piece of the story? Because he really is in the book, and I think it helps complete a lot of the jaggedness that exists in both versions. Is that of the just film. Yeah. too much to a movie though? Because it was already it was quite a long movie, right? It was an hour and a half. It was more than that. The, no, both of them were about an hour and a half. Oh, I thought the second one was longer no it was about an hour and a half okay then there absolutely is room um yeah i think you can i think these days especially you know oh you can have a long movie yeah you can push the two hour Mm -hmm. mark and still keep an audience's attention as long as you make it good Good, enough as long as it's a good movie and i think you have the room to be able to add more to the because the the windigo stuff i found i find that to be genuinely compelling like you could add it's hokey you could add 10 minutes of runtime and you're still under two hours yeah and i think you can do that effectively and make the windigo a bigger part of the of the story overall what was it like an hour and 40 minutes uh both of them were an hour and 40 minutes Okay. okay um yeah, so you can you can add twenty minutes you and still can. be fine. You can absolutely add um, minutes, especially nowadays. Uh, and then I don't understand uh, basically why in both versions of the book or both versions of the film, Judd's wife isn't at all mentioned. Mm-hmm. Like in the eighty nine version, at least we have uh, what's her name, Missy. 
Yeah. Uh, at least we have her as kind of what takes over for Judd's wife. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Missy Dandridge. She kind of takes over for Judd's wife. Mm-hmm. And I guess that was an intentional thing on King's part. Mm-hmm. Like, you just didn't want to write write Judd's wife in there. Uh, I wonder why, though. But they don't do that at all in the 2019 mm-hmm. version. It's, it's just a character that's completely and it's dropped. it's not like there's a lot I mean, of no, characters. she's mentioned. Yeah, but like mentioned, whereas like yeah. she was a prominent part of the book. Right. Like she's alive. She has a she has a a brain hemorrhage halfway through the book. If I remember, it's either a brain hemorrhage or a heart attack. I can't oh, so remember. She dies halfway through. She the doesn't story. Yeah, she dies halfway through the story. So she's alive. She's a okay. pro, she's a prominent part of the book. I think in the sec- hmm. I think in the new one it makes sense, right? So to to not include her in that way, maybe just because you know they are being sort of haunted by their fears mm-hmm. and. I guess well, I guess he didn't really do anything, and he would have been haunted yeah, by if her she death was, anyways. Yeah, yeah, so if she died like halfway through the movie, then that would have made more sense, right? Because like, he, she just died of she had cancer, right? Is uh, that what she's you said? a heart attack. Oh, heart a attack. heart attack. Okay, so it was a heart attack. But yeah. how did she die in the movie? Did she have a heart attack? Did they even? They say? don't even say. They, they just, just know, said she died. She's dead. She's but dead. Like, but like, there's a, a whole segment in the book, if I remember right, where like the as the as Gage is killing, um. Judd, uh-huh. he says that his wife was a whore and slept with everybody in the town, and that it was like a well-known fact. Oh, his wife, and was so a he uses this show. like like as like an extra layer of like a way to really torment Judd before he hmm. dies. Maybe they just wanted to. I feel like they just were really honed in on focusing on the Creed family. Yeah, and I mean, I get that. I guess it's like, but like, I don't know. I maybe Is there's just, too many stories. I feel I, like it's not I, though. I like these I, days, I. I feel like adding in the when I have the hardest times. I want to call it when Dingo, even though I know that's <laughs> not, not what it is. Man, Dingo, all right. Oh, <laughs> You're big the black Wendigo. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a hard time with this word that I can see being introduced and still having time to 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 like fully go into the family, right? But I don't know about adding in Judd's wife as well, um, or even I feel like that's just too many family problems. Maybe I don't. I feel like you can do it with Game of Thrones being a fucking thing. Yeah, but that's not a movie. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean I get that, but like I, I think you can still establish these characters. Like how much, how hard is it to write well, Judd and his wife in versus just, just Judd? I feel like we were just watching something recently. And we're like, if you just trimmed out like twenty minutes, like I feel like it gets too convoluted sometimes. Maybe. I, oh, uh, if you took out all the parts with uh, Milton. Oh, yeah, that's from, right. Um, Monkey shines. Yeah. Yeah, you still have the same story. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember saying that. So I don't know. I, I mean, I know it's a fine line, right? It is. It I, is. I agree with the Wendigo. So I guess, I guess my question by adding in Norma uh-huh. and, and having, you know, her story unfold and then what, I guess, in the book, Gage says to Judd as he's killing him. Uh-huh. Does that make this a better movie? I think like, it makes it more compelling. It makes Judd a better character. Okay. I find Judd to already be a very compelling character. I guess. I feel I feel like Judd is just like a set piece in both films. <laughs> he definitely is like an he's like he's an, arch- lonely he's an old archetype dude. of movies that yeah. take place in Maine. <laughs> Whereas I feel like in the book he was like a fully flushed character because he had Norma as like his other side. Right. He's yeah. not just a guy who well I yeah, I don't know. I mean he's lived here for his whole life, right? And he's lived in the same house his entire life. Right. And he kind of just likes to hang out <laughs> and yeah. drink in his backyard. <laughs> Which is a lot of people, right? Yeah, I was like... say not everyone has a big story. My fa- my the my least favorite part about the new one was the like 
when they were going when he was taking them into the pet cemetery uh-huh. to like the like the actual sour ground cemetery. Yeah, park. the Wendigo land. That was the fucking fakest looking shit I've ever oh, seen. Oh, the in my lightning whole and shit in the life. background. Yeah, it was, yeah, the it wasn't swamp the was so bad. Never walk the into the mist. Also, listeners, it just doesn't even look real. If if you ever if you ever find yourself in a situation walking into unexplored territory that you're not familiar with, and it requires you to walk into a literal wall of mist. Turn the fuck around. And a pond. Yeah, just turn around. Just turn around. Brief pause. Yep. Just got to the last swig. Okay. You find that mocha yet? Nope. You find that rhubarb? Yes. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) There it is. It is getting more and more tart as I got to the last quarter of it. Uh, The, the... It it's an almost like drinking two bottles of wine from the start to finish. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially as it got more and more close to room temperature. As it got warmed up, yeah. I, uh... I really like this one. That's a great wine. That is a really good one. That's I really good, do like that's this a one. Good cheap wine. I could see myself actually buying more of this yeah. in the future. I'm, so. I'm glad you found a wine that you enjoy that we also enjoy and have been drinking for a while. Uh, well, <laughs> good, good for you guys. All right, this is this is this, this is, is about Palmer's. me. This is Palmer's wine talk. He created his own segment. Okay. <laughs> Dan, thank you once again for the recommendation. This has been awesome. Great start to this. I'm I'm going to be checking out a wine that that Rebecca recommended next week. Out of five rhubarbs, how would you get it? <laughs> uh, ten rhubarbs. Ten, oh. ten out of five rhubarbs. I really enjoyed this. This is really good. All right. Certainly better than Rex Goliath. Yes, absolutely. This might be my new go-to. Rex Goliath makes a better white than it does a red. I did really enjoy their Pinot. Yeah, their Pinots. They're, it's, I feel like it's less difficult to fuck up a white. It's probably true. It's not as bold. It's more grape juice than yeah, it is actually one. It, it, <laughs> it tastes like shit. Add more sugar. When it's it's chilled too, right? So wine yeah. always loses a little bit of flavor when it's chilled. So yeah. a, a bold red is, you can fuck that up. Yeah. yeah. Pretty easy. Back to the what we were discussing. Yeah. I have also lots of strong opinions about wine, which I will not be drinking for how many more months now? Six, five, five. Because I'm pregnant. Oh my god! <laughs> what? Sober Alex is weird. <laughs> it really is so bizarre. She's it not really an AA. So I'm not an AA. She's not in recovery. <laughs> I'm a perfectly functioning alcoholic <laughs> with a child. I'm with child in her guts. All right. (laughs) She's going to have her own Wendigo, which I will have to say watching this, the new version of this pet cemetery movie. I I think that's why I kind of got choked up at the, at the, at the death part. Yeah. I found it to be very moving. (laughs) I don't know. I think it's my hormone. Also $50,000 on Patreon gets you naming rights. Yep. You heard it here first folks, (laughs) except for the middle name. The middle name monster truck is already taken. That's what Sam picked. If you want no, to pay, Palmer picked that one. Oh, if you want to pay $50,000 and name Alex's kid, <laughs> go for it. Do it. Pay for pay for us to do this podcast for the next Okay, I'm sorry. Years. If I'm getting $50,000... <laughs> college money. That's to put my kid through college, not for us to do this stupid podcast. It's for us to do the next, the next 10 years of podcasting. How expensive is this podcast? I thought we did this for free. <laughs> Why are we paying 10 grand? <laughs> you have no idea the upgrades that I have. <laughs> You're not just going to spend it Alex, on wine, are you? No, you'll get a couch. Oh, I, do, I would like a couch. You'll get, you'll get a couch and I'll get $50,000. Thousand bottles of wine. He's gonna buy stock in <laughs> so much Rex red. Goliath. <laughs> no, he doesn't drink Rex Goliath. No, for anymore. the white. Oh, for the he white. Drinks a He's gotta have red. a good mix. Red and white. I do have one more bottle of red, Rex Goliath that I've got to go through. This. Is I saw it, that. Is it I red or white? It's a red. Okay. I mean, it's not a bad. It's not wine. bad. It's just superior. It's just better. Yeah. Um, this is superior. 
While we're on the subject of kids. Okay. Oh, we're going to take this back to the movies for a second. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't want to talk about me anymore. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> obviously, the big twist is which kid dies in this movie. And that the whole family dies. And that the whole family dies. Um, but specifically regarding the kids. Yes. Do you think it works better if Ellie dies or if Gage dies? I really liked Ellie dying. I did too. But I think Gage's death is more impactful. Okay. Because the whole... And again, the, like this is kind of where the mo- movies completely diverge. And you know, one sticks kind of with the book and the other mm-hmm. one goes off the rails. But the whole sequence after Gage's death in the original where Ellie's carrying around the toy and saying she's not going to let... Or the picture. And yeah. saying she's not going to let go until Gage comes back. Mm-hmm. Um, like the gravity of Gage's death is more readily apparent uh, as far as how it, uh, how Ellie reacts to it. Right. Compared to in the new one, like Gage... Gage isn't going to remember yeah, her. Gage doesn't know. He has no idea what's going on. No. Um, so I think I think that's a really big part that's missing. Is the... the yeah. The, si- the, si- the sibling. Yeah, because it's like in the original, it's impacting the whole family. But, in this one, it's really only impacting the parents. But, at the same but time, it's forcing Lewis to, I guess, believe in God or some afterlife but, or what have you. I mean, in the first one, like, yeah, even though Ellie is left, she's not really in the movie that much, That's though. That's true. She, she has that one kind of scene where she talks she about... She goes back to Shabazz then. And then she goes back to Shabazz. I mean, none, of the, family, her, none of the family has a big part, really, in yeah. in the, the original. Yeah. Especially not the wife. You know what I mean? Right. So I think... I, 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 th- I think also having Gage being little... And still alive in the remake gives more reason for the mom to like mm-hmm. try and protect her family. You know what I mean? And it also leaves that very like shocking ending where. Yeah, I don't think yeah. Gage is dragging anybody through to the pet cemetery himself. No, no. <laughs> and I do like that. I mean, that was a really good last little scene where they're all walking together as a family yep. to the car. And like, that was creepy. That was creepy. I mean, at the end of the day, that's 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 the root of Lewis's guilt is not keeping his family together. because exactly. fucking Kid dies. Yeah. So finally the family's together and he doesn't have to work all the time because he's not in Shabaston. Yeah. It's just it's just <laughs> Shabaston is my new favorite word. <laughs> it's it's interesting though, because like like I I found I realized I was smiling at the end of the remake. Okay. Because I was genuinely like happy with where it went. I was yeah. like, actually, this is like when the family is walking up to the car mm-hmm. and and you see church jump up and you see you see Gage get really excited, put his hands on the windows and everything. He's like, oh, my family's all re- yeah. reunited and it feels so good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's one of those, it's one of those like moments where you're like, oh shit, you know, this movie really took through me for a loop. I think I would have had that smile and that reaction at the point where Ellie died if they didn't spoil it in the fucking trailer. Right. Yeah. Oh, so you weren't smiling because it was a happy ending. No, I I think they... I think they legitimately did a really good job. Like, oh, that's so sweet. I think they did a really good job, like, answering the question of how do you make this different if everybody already knows what's coming. Yes. And I think Uh, that's that's the question that people were wondering, right? When they, when they're like, they're redoing, they're remaking, they're reimagining Pet Cemetery. Like how, how, what, one, what is the point? What is the merit? And two, like, how are they going to make this any different? And I think by showing that they're killing Ellie as opposed to Gage in the previews is a way to get people to come in and watch the movie. Right. But then they don't give away the biggest spoiler, which is, the ending. Yeah. Yeah. 
because I would consider the ending to be to be bigger oh, absolutely. And, and more different than which child gets run over by a fucking truck. I yeah. mean, I was obviously wrong. Rachel fucking dies and comes back. Mm-hmm. I yep. thought she was going to survive this movie. I still would have preferred not knowing. Yeah, and I and I agree. Like. I agree. I just do think that maybe having that in the preview. This is how you get butts in the is seats. Getting asses in seats. People who are less like, no, because I think they had. Uh, well, they had. Granted, we pay attention to everything. As, yeah, as it, and as we would have gone to see it regardless, yeah. right? Do you think just your normal everyday moviegoer who has, you know, who likes horror movies and maybe remembers this one from you know when they were younger? Did they go and watch this movie if they think it's I don't coming? know. That's a good question. Let they, us know, listeners. Do they even remember who died in the first one? I don't know. If you saw yeah. the tra- if you saw the trailer and you were sold on the fact that Ellie was all of a sudden the one mm-hmm. go- that got hit, let mm-hmm. us know if that's what brought you into the theater. Because I thought that was a really interesting twist and I was like, okay, I'm definitely like into watching this. Actually, you know, my my, I was talking to my sister on the way over here. Mm. She did not remember like who dies who, in the original one. Right. You know what she remembered? She remembered the cat. She remembered church. She yeah. would. Because. Your sister would remember the fucking well, cat. My, my <laughs> oldest sister. Not the one. Oh, here. oh, not Brenda. Uh, because growing <laughs> never, up. Never mind. Brenda, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Brenda might have the same reaction. I don't know. Uh, but growing up, we had a Russian blue. Okay. And No, you know what Brenda would remember? The Ramones song. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she uh, would. But we had, we had a Russian blue as a pet, uh, which was like the cat that we had when i was born okay um and my sister saw this movie and it's a british blue which is like the fat friendly version of it oh um, okay so it's a different cat than a russian blue yeah same like same shape color and everything yeah it looks like a skinny version of the original church okay, okay. um with like a pointier face okay. um but because of that my sister had the same reaction from like uh I'm, honestly at this point i'm mixing the movies up uh, from when Ellie's like, I don't want the cat in the room anymore. That's the new one. Yeah. Um, so my sister, after seeing that movie, she would not let our cat in her room ever. Oh, really? Oh. That's the only thing she remembered from Why the original movie. Why gotta be such a bitch? Yeah, that, yeah, that Jaws <laughs> effect for her. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, she still, like, loved the cat and hung out with she it. She just didn't want it in her room. But she just didn't want it in her room. While she was sleeping. That's funny. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny that what movies make you do, especially when you're younger. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Fuck, she was... <laughs> 17? 19? Uh, I'll tell you what, after, after I saw The Exorcist, I never fucked a cross again. <laughs> no, she was, she was 13 when this movie came out. So, okay, yeah. That makes more sense. You're still allowed to be scared of from movies at 13. Yeah. 17 or 18, you need to get your shit together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do we have any final points? Any last tidbits we want to throw in here for, for comparisons or just the movies in general? No, I definitely brought up the, the, the scene, the, the set design for mm-hmm. the. Oh, that was just god awful. Yeah, it was so bad. In the original or the remake? No, in the remake. You didn't like the set design? Or for, no, specifically the, going to the pet cemetery. Oh, oh yeah, it was yeah, so yeah. fake. When they were like, climbing they on have, the fucking mountain, it, was very, it looked like a set. And I know they have quote unquote fifty acres of land, but like that land went on for like ever. Yeah, that was more than fifty acres. <laughs> that was like a whole state park. Well, no, because he owned uh, the what was it? the god lake or whatever area but okay. after that that was uncharted oh, so they actually okay. went beyond his property okay but still there was like nothing there nobody was there. yeah yeah there would be like something yeah um i got nothing uh, uh, that okay. we haven't already talked about I, again you know 89 the 89 version okay what are we rating this out out of what are we rating it out of yeah 
Um, Specifically the 89 version. Yes. Let's give it... Gooders. 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 All right, let's give right. it Gooders. How many Gooders are we giving this? I'm going to give it four Gooders. Four Gooders. Uh, I just love... It. I mean, and, I'm, and I will openly admit that part of that is... Nostalgia? Sen- nostalgia, sentimental okay. for me. But I just... This has always been one of my favorite movies. It is a okay. really good movie. Um, How many I'm gonna, I'll give it three and a half Gooders. Okay. 3.5. Oh, hold on. That was wrong. He's adding four. the goodas wrong. He said four he said and 3. then a three point five. 5. Why did I keep hitting the wrong button? Four three point five. Because you just drank We're a three point seven five right of now. Wine. Uh, the I'm gonna give it a two and a half. Wow. Ooh, wow. I, I, it doesn't no, I mean, hold up to me. It two doesn't and a half hold up is to a, me that much. It's fifty. It's a fifty. It's, it's an average score. That's a 50. I don't respect you as a man. <laughs> you never did. No. <laughs> it's a three point three 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 for the original film. I think it deserves better. How okay. disappointing for the non-mentioned Wendigo. <laughs> <laughs> for the remake, I'll take charge on this one. I'm going to give this one a 3.5. No, 3.25. 3.25 what? Good as still? No. Uh... Hmm. Diva set cats because there's 13 of them that sniff and piss but all over the But there were eight in the original one. So eight plus is 23. 25? <laughs> 21. Jim Carrey's? Are we working for <laughs> uh, Eight plus 13 is 25. Oh, Shabastans. How many Shabastans? No, that is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, how many Shabastans are we giving this? I'm giving it a 3.525 Shabastan. 3.25 Shabastans? Yeah. What about you? Adam? I'm going to give it three Shabastans. Three Shabastans. I will give this a four. I really wanted to use Shabastin in the naming of this episode, BT Dubs. I'm shipping up to Shabastin. <laughs> I was, I was going to call it Churches with a V. <laughs> <laughs> Which one do you like better? Whichever. I don't care. No, the people. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you you name this episode yourself. This is a choose your own adventure. <laughs> you can either uh, this start one, in Shabastin, yeah. <laughs> Chicago or Boston. <laughs> this one ends up as a three point. Four six 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 repeating. All right, so there you have it. That's the power of a Wendigo. That is the power of a Wendigo. That is. That is a Wendigo. We already talked about Wendigo. Oh, okay. There you go with that Mandingo again. Mandingo, what's that? Oh, you should look that up on your computer. Yeah, you should absolutely while you're at work just search for Mandingo. Okay, I will absolutely not be looking that up on my phone. Tell me about your Pornhub results from that one. <laughs> Tell me if you still have a job after that. Yeah, one. seriously. It's either going to be slave fighting or porn. One of the two. <laughs> You're not going to end up with a good result searching for that. Uh, next up, the housekeeping. Uh, that wraps it up for another comparison episode. Next week, a little birdie. Tweet, 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 Told me about the next film. It's Hitchcockian. <laughs> Uh, there's lots of Hitchcock-related Hitchcockian things that make it all sorts of Cockhitchian. Uh, we're doing The Birds, which the first of many Hitchcock films that I'm sure we're, I'm going to be able to annoy Alex with because I'm word? just going to I'm just going to keep saying Hitchcockian every 30 seconds like I did with Lovecraft and the Ghostbusters. Say uh, Hitchcock <laughs> one more fucking time. It's his goddamn name. <laughs> Uh, bird, so bird, we're, co- bird. we're covering <laughs> bird is the word <laughs> we're covering the birds next week uh, which if you didn't know is by Alfred Hitchcock <laughs> uh. 
<laughs> so that's going to be a fun one. Um, one quick reminder, we wanted to let you know once again that we're going to be at the Jason Show when they play here on Richmond, Virginia on April 27th with Love Roses, the world's greatest detective and personal crisis at McCormick's Irish Pub on uh, 12th North 18th Street in Richmond, Virginia, 23223. The show starts at 730, so get ready. Get ready to rock! Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> Uh, as for the other normal housekeeping nonsense you can follow us on social media pages like twitter instagram and facebook all at terror and podnito on facebook we've been slow to grow but we're almost at 100 likes so please like us i'll give you candy and take you into my windowless van it'll be about as much fun as a dolphin when they take you into a cave for some snuggle time i promise uh you can also follow us individually too i'm palmer at stormsworth I'm Alex at A-Looters. I'm Sam at Sam Heaves. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We're super excited to jump into uh, some Hitchcockian stuff next week. God. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Are we up. hopping in the bird box? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help it. I just had to say it one more time before okay. this was over. Okay. Hitchcockian. Okay. Alex. Keep it creepy. Thanks, Hitchcockian. She just wants to get away from you. Yeah. Hitchcock.